Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow Yoshi on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A 0. S I D K I D A 0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kenneth's going to be on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up on other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So, if it's a miss, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, please follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. it at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s that's war media podcast we are available on all podcast platforms including that iHeartRadio app so make sure you subscribe to our podcast and speaking of war media why don't you go go over and give them a follow at w-a-r-r media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube once again that's at war media w-a-r-r media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube and thank you very much in advance for your support like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be a lady boot. I love when she says that. But before we begin, we must remind you that Sports on Chicago, you can catch now available on Roku TV. That's why. Right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download, download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, we know you have a bunch of handheld devices laying around iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC like Lakina's user right now like Chromebook like I'm using right now, just go over to the Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app. Access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So you have no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anywhere, anytime you want. And you know we can provide. <laughs> now I'll get the ex-boyfriend treatment. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me for bringing humor into this show. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> Speaking of humor, Lakina, let's get this party started. As the NBA's 2022-2023 regular season is now over. The Your Chicago Bulls finished the year. Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, it's a big old choke. At 40-42, and 42, they ended the regular season on a two-game winning streak. They defeated the, the quote-unquote depleted Sinness. Dallas Mavericks on Friday, and they won their regular season finale at home yesterday at the UCO with the Detroit Pistons, 103-81. to Lakina, there's nothing much to talk about with the Bulls over the weekend other than they did win their last two games. We got a chance to see some of the young guys like Dalen Terry and Samanovic. We saw extended playing time for Kobe White and Patrick Williams. Lakina, before we will get into the preview in that game, playing game on Wednesday at Toronto in just a couple of moments. But what else did you um, observe from the Bulls this last weekend? Uh, 
I'll be honest, I was in a master's mode and in soccer mode, so I didn't watch the last couple of games. Although I did I did watch uh you know Friday night's game uh with the Mavericks. I mean that 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 well look, I mean that loss you know knocks the Mavericks out of uh, playoff contention. So uh, you know, guess what? Uh Tim Hardaway Jr. sad, Kyrie sad. Um, so everybody else, you know, kind of, you know, sad. Also, same thing with the Bulls, too. I mean, look, Zach, you know, De- DeMar uh, sat out, Levine sat out, Vooch sat out. So it was really basically uh, the young guys' show, as you said. You know, Vooch did play. You know, he had a double-double, as usual. P. Will had 23, which is a season high for him. Um, you know, Kobe White had 24, so he got some minutes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Io had 12. So, yeah, you, got, you saw a little bit of the young guys. You know, Daley Terry got some minutes. And such, so, so yes, yeah, so you saw a little bit of you know some of the young guys there too, and they actually played really well. They were actually down, uh, but I think by the way, about twelve points heading into the third, but they were able to you know come back and you know, they ended up winning that game. You know, knocking the Mavericks out of uh, they might have been doing that intentionally, who knows? But it was really good. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the Detroit game from uh, yesterday, I, again, I didn't watch a single minute of this one because you know we fear that you know most of the guys. Yeah, they did. You know, I mean, uh, the, the three that I mentioned, you know. Zach, Demar, they played for a, a little bit, but it really, it really was more for like the younger guys and such. So, mm-hmm. and we all know that the Pistons, they weren't playing for nothing. So all their guys, uh, all their main guys sat. So it really didn't mean anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, Demar only played twenty four minutes. Zach only played twenty six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, I'm sure they're just getting up for this game against Toronto on on Wednesday. But you know, yeah, I mean, like, you got to feel pretty good if you're a Bulls fan. I know some people were groaning about the fact that White had to make the play in. Considering that all the teams around them, you know, they struggled late, mm-hmm. they were going to get in anyway. So I think whether it's, you know, too bad they, they couldn't get up to the AC. Now they got to win two games or to make to make the, uh, the main playoff draw. So could they do it? Sure. I mean, they're going to be, you know, be facing a really tough uh, Raptors team that, you know, have given them fits over the season. So it's going to get, this is where it kind of gets a little bit, a uh, little bit to you know, tear it off, if you will. But yeah, I mean, you know, we'll get to that you know, after the break. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little cautious optimistic that uh, they can win two to get into the main uh, playoff draw. Uh, the question for the next few minutes for you Bulls fans out there on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube, how confident, confident are you in this Bulls team heading towards Wednesday's game? against the Toronto Raptors in the play in It's a 10-9 matchup. The game will take place north of the border. That's on Wednesday. As Lakina said, we'll give you our breakdown after the break. Are you confident as a Bulls fan? Are you even going to watch this game, or are you just going to roll your eyes and say, uh, they're going to lose, which I expect them to? What is your uh, meter right now? Is it in the red? Is it in the green? Or is it somewhere stuck in the middle? We want to hear from you guys once again at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Now, you can make a, a case either way, Lakina. I'll stick with the positive side first. The way We talked about this for the last month, Lakina. The way that Zach Levine is playing right now, he is on a mission. He's being aggressive, more offensively, driving the ball to the basket, not just settling for that 18, 20-foot jumper. Kobe White has been playing well off the bench uh, over these last few weeks. Patrick Williams, it looks like he's starting to get out of his own head, no pun intended. He's starting to be more aggressive, trusting more of his shot from the outside. Vucevic is still doing his thing in the paint, even though me personally, I think he should still get the ball more down the post. At least offensively, the Bulls can play with anybody uh, in the league if they just stay on course for 48 minutes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think they've definitely showed you that they can do that, especially when they can sh- when they want to show up and stuff. I guess I guess some people say do it when they want to play. So I think that's sort of like the thing here. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, do I think they got a shot against Toronto? Sure. I mean, look, it's a one and does scenario, so we don't really know how they're going to you know react to such. And we we heard our, our girl Christine uh, from KX, our Christine Manica, even said, I mean, you got to think that Demar Derozan is going to feel like he's coming with a chip on his shoulder because of how he was treated as you know as he was mm-hmm. traded. From uh from uh, Toronto, so and of course you know after that they end up you know to get Kawhi and now you know then since then of course you know they won the championship that season so you got to feel like he's feeling a little bit you know I don't want to say he has an axe to grind but you got to feel mm-hmm. like that maybe maybe he kind of feels a little bit slighted there and still feels a little bit slighted I mean he hasn't been he hasn't really said much about it but you got to think that he wants to kind of you know give uh the people in Toronto a little bit of a show on Wednesday but like I said we'll we'll get to get to all that in a second but I, I think look we. We know Nick Nurse has probably one of the best um, basketball minds, you know, in, in the NBA. So it, it's a little bit kind of disconcerting you know, to, to not give Toronto. But Toronto's been up and down, too. They're kind of like similar in the, in the Bulls in some respects. So mm-hmm. they would be, you know, they kind of, you know, if you catch them on a bad day, I think they can kind of, you know, the Bulls take advantage of them. But we'll see. We'll see how much Bulls wants to get into the playoff picture. Mm. Yeah. On the flip side, that can make this case why the Bulls will not win. If, if Zach and or DeMar DeRozan has a bad shooting night, and as you mentioned, head coach uh, Nick Nurse for Toronto, he could throw uh, many multitudes of defenders at DeMar DeRozan, in particular O.J. Inobi and uh, Scotty Barnes, or the second-year guy mm-hmm. out of Texas, at DeMar and or Zach. And will the other guys step up? You could have a, a bad shooting night for one of those guys. Also, you could have a bad shooting night for Kobe White as well. And let's be real here, looking at this has been a problem for the last two years for the Bulls. Interior defense has been a problem, especially giving up too many damn offensive rebounds. If, if that happens on Wednesday, this team is in trouble. They're going home for the summer. Well, but also, too, I would say that I think, you know, various teams are giving you the formula how to beat Toronto. You saw that, you know, that matchup against the Lakers a little over a month ago. You saw how they were able mm-hmm. – this, this is how LeBron mind you. So, they can, if you slow them down a little bit, kind of force them to sort of, like, you have them have an off-shooting night, have four Scotty Bars to make, you know, shots that he's probably not comfortable making. See if they can, you know, if, if DeMar does get like double or triple team, you know, hopefully that will make an opening for IO, for Zach, for Vooch and such. So, like I said, it's really gonna, these are the type of games where it's really going to depend on who wants it more. So, I, I feel like this is sort of like a, a, a toss up, you know, if you will, a toss up plane, which is a lot of these plans are. You know, you'll see if they can, you know, we can see that Bulls team we saw that beat the Grizzlies, if we saw that Bulls team, or we see that Bulls team that lost to Atlanta. So, Again, which who they'll probably very likely play well, you know, and, you know, because the other one is uh, Miami and Atlanta. So, you know, Atlanta's kind of been up and down too. So, yeah, but I think this is sort of one of those games where it really is a toss up. I don't think no one can really predict what could happen in those play ins. So, it'll be interesting to see what 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 they do here as you listen to Second City Sports and watch the Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Excuse me, Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now, I think for the key for me, the key, I think for the play in here, I think it's going to be. You know, can the guys all the bench, you'll give him a little bit of a – especially if, you know, God forbid, you know, DeMar has a rough start, if Zach has a rough start, um, Vooch has a tough start, you know, Io has an off-shooting night. We'll have to depend on, you know, guys like Pat Bev or, like, you know, Andre Drummond or, you know, or uh, you know Io to kind of be sort of pick up the slack, if you will. And even P-Will, too, because we've seen P-Will can, you know, be that, too. So we saw him in the last few games, especially he was a big part of that comeback against the Grizzlies last Sunday. So – it really is going to depend on like it really is going to be a toss up here, and I think this is going to be kind of like where we'll we'll see if the Bulls really want to make the playoff round. 
Yeah, shout out to a couple of guys checking in in the chat on our um, Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago. Oh, YouTube, I should say. Vernon Fairley, what's up? And Brandon Schultz, how are you? Good afternoon to you as well. Uh, you took one of the guys that I was going to focus on in Patrick Beverly. And I think he's going to be the key because uh, he shuts guys down on the opposite side who's the biggest scoring threat. And we know that Pascal Siakam is a big scoring threat for Toronto. Scotty Barnes is right behind him. Don't forget Illinois' very young Fred Van Fleet, who's had an off and on year due to injuries, but he's still a very good point guard in, in, in this league. So I'm looking for Patrick Beverly to have a big impact. Also, too, don't forget about Alex Caruso, who's a, on, on the tough on-ball defender. So I'm looking for those, those two guys to really set the tone. Well, also, if he gets, if he gets, if he forces Siakam to foul trouble, I think that's going to be the key. If you can kind of go get him out of the not be a factor early, if you can you know, throw Scotty Barnes off, if your know, Fred Van Fleet, who somehow you know shoots like you know Kawhi, you know when he plays the Bulls, apparently if you get him to kind of you know, have an off shooting mm-hmm. night too. So this is going to be like the, the key for me here is it's going to be it's just going to be like one of those things where you wonder like okay, you know who's going to set the tone early, who can kind of sort of like be that person that sort of like says, okay, you know what, I'm going to take the team on my back and I'm going to, you know, do something here and get the, the shooting, uh, you know, started for the Bulls. I think that's going to be the real key here. Now we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to talk about the rest of the NBA and sort of all the weirdness that happened uh, yesterday to, well, over the weekend. Yeah, some haymakers and, you know, someone broke, you know, broke his hand, well, fractured his hand, I should say, punched a wall and uh, a whole lot of weirdness happened. We'll preview a lot of the other uh, – the other play-in games as well that will be taking place in the next couple of days. So, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports of Chicago. More NBA talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say... No thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. 
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGill, the Twitter, and at Kale's coming in, the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left of this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have a question or comment for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Shout out to our guy, Mr. Brandon Schultz, is checking in again. We just mentioned our Facebook page, Sports on Chicago on Facebook. That's once again, Sports on Chicago on Facebook, where you can find us as well. Lakina, let's continue our NBA talk for this hour. Uh, as the regular season concluded yesterday, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they defeated the New Orleans Pelicans 113 to 108. But unfortunately, that's not the story. The story goes as this Rudy Gobert has an argument with teammate Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson challenges him. Brent, um, oh, sorry, um, Gobert, uh, Gobert said something punch, bad. Yeah, 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 and then, then some punches were thrown. And yep. then later in the game, Jay McDaniels was called for a hard foul, gets kicked hey, out of so the game. In the process, going wall. to the locker room, he breaks his hand. Ow! And now he's out for the play again yep. tomorrow at the Lakers. Right. Just so you know, and LeBron's been playing well too the last couple of games for the Lakers. So, you know, that that, that was just a whole thing. That was just weird yesterday. Like I said, I didn't mm-hmm. watch any of the NBA games yesterday. So, you know, I was in Masters mode and also there was some soccer uh, games that were on too. So I really wasn't paying attention to the NBA that much. But when I saw the fight, I was like, wait, wow, really? That's, that's a hell of a way to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, after everything look after everything Minnesota's been through, you know, losing Carl Anthony Towns, they were to claw their way back into the playing. Now, you know, mm-hmm. this whole thing we have between Gobert and Anderson, you know, now Dales, you know, he's you know, he's gonna be out. So it, it make Dales, I should say he's gonna be out. So yeah, it, it's it's really just sort of like how why would you do that? I mean that that's not not really like the smartest thing to do. So I I'm just like, yeah, if you're it is just you know, the team will like I said, I mean you go through all that, you know, you try to, you know, get to, get to the play, but then, you know, two, you have teammates fight, you got one that breaks his hand. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things you're kind of just like, if you're Chris Fincher, you're, you're thinking like, okay, what the hell just happened here? And he was right there too mm-hmm. in the middle of that, of that, uh, you know, that, that scuffle between uh, Gobert and Anderson. So I'm wondering like how he feels about all this, because it is just like, wow, really? Yeah, this, this, this all this happens, but, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting what their mindset's going to be, especially when they play the Lakers. So, you know, the Lakers are playing, you know, you know they, they've been playing well. You know, LeBron's been getting better and better. And it's just like, wow, that that that's not not the time you want to play the Lakers, but especially when your team's in disarray. So, it, it, mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah, shout out to our guy, uh, Brandon Schultz, uh, once again, via the YouTube. He said he has some goodness of the Houston Rockets they won. And yeah, and unfortunately, Stephen Silas, who lost his father, the, uh, the Hall of Fame, and the great, uh, the late great Paul Silas, um, mm-hmm. early this year, uh, Stephen Silas gets the boot from the Rockets yesterday as he was fired as a head coach of the Rockets. So the Rockets will be looking for a new headman of uh, this offseason. But getting back to the Lakers, like, you know, LeBron James, you mentioned he had he had a great game yesterday. He had a career high eight three pointers as the Lakers beat the Utah Jazz one twenty eight to 
won seven teams. You mentioned uh, he's been playing very well these last few weeks, even though he's technically still has that injured foot. Uh, he's been mobile enough to be effective for the Lakers. And Anthony Davis, once again, he had a good game yesterday, 16 points and 13 rebounds. Yeah, uh, what you want, that's what, that's what you want, especially heading to this play-in. So, you know, you thought, you know, they lost their chance of perhaps maybe getting into that, you know, 5C. They could have gotten a 5C, but, you know, or even the 6. But I, I guess, you know, they, they probably said, you know, we'll, we'll take our chance with the play-in. So, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with them, you know, playing the T-Wolves tomorrow, I, I think that's, you know, they got to travel cross-country and talk about the T-Wolves. They get all mm-hmm. the stuff that's been going on, you know, especially with McDaniels, you know, fracturing his hand. And now, you know, Gobert probably very likely won't play. So all this is sort of like kind of manifest, and hopefully the Lakers can take advantage of that. Yeah, the Lakers mentioned have been hot. Uh, all systems of our goal for the Lakers. We mentioned also their role players have been stepping up very well. Jerry Vanderbilt, Mr. Austin Reese, as Lakina has dubbed my guy this year. I guess I'll take it. <laughs> Austin Reese, he's been playing very well. Also, too, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Who's been uh, been on, on on the second since the second half of the year, and also too you have D'Angelo Russell who's been battling injuries, but he's shown some signs and in, in spots of the way he's been healthy. So this is the best since that 2022 that LeBron James has had a talent rise around him. So assuming that they beat Minnesota t- tomorrow, which they should, uh, they will match up, I believe, against the Memphis Grizzlies in a three six matchup. Mm-hmm. No, the um, not the three six, the um two seven matchup in the Western yep. Conference uh, yeah. playoffs. And if the Lakers can stay healthy, uh, it's not a slam dunk that the Memphis Grizzlies can beat the Lakers. Can they beat the Lakers? Sure. But it's not as, it's, it's not as easy as a slam dunk as people want to make it out to be. Yeah, they've won a couple of games against the Lakers this year, so it's not like they mm-hmm. haven't beaten them. So they could probably do that. So, like, you know, John Moran, as long as he stays out of trouble, you know, I think the team will be fine. But I think you're getting the you – know, the Lakers, you're, you're catching them at a, at a good spot. So this is going to be kind of – it was should they make it, because you know, they only got to win one to, you know, get into mm-hmm. the main uh, main playoff draw. So with the you know, with the Lakers, I think if they you know, should you – know, they should be the T-Wolves, and they should beat them pretty handily. You know, let's get in, you know, get in the men against that, you know, the Grizzlies. Like, this could be – I would be surprised. I mean, they have a shot, you know, to, to to take the series. So again, we'll see. Like I said, you know, yes, LeBron is hundred percent, but I also take my chance with LeBron at hundred percent. So especially with a lot of the playoff experience he has, and this is probably the best supporting cast he's had since that COVID year when they, you know, won the championship in the bubble. So it's gonna be interesting to see if you know, if you know, again should again assuming they do make the, uh, you know, they do make the main draw, you know, being the uh, the T Wolves tomorrow. We'll see what happens there. Now, going back to the East, and since we already did the Bulls, Raptors, we're going to talk about the game. The other playing game is going to be tomorrow, and that's Atlanta and Miami. I think Atlanta's kind of coming up and down, especially since, you know, Quinn Snyder you know, came uh, mid-season, mm-hmm. about a third, with a third of the season left. But he's starting to get hot a little bit. I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get. I mean, you, you may, you know, you may get a good, the good Jimmy Butler. You may get a good, the good Tyler Hero. You may get, you know, a couple of the other guys are pretty good too. So it's like I said, I mean, from Miami, I think they shouldn't have any trouble with Atlanta because, you know, they, you know, yes, they, you know, they played Atlanta close. Atlanta's played them close a few times this year. But I think, especially with their, uh, I know they lost the Wizards, but, you know, they set a lot of their guys out. I'm a little concerned, you know, about you know, how you're going to get and how you're going to get. I mean, I know, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what, what heat team are you going to get tomorrow. It's going to be about the supporting cast members, Lakina, for for the Hawks and the Heat tomorrow. As you mentioned, Jimmy Bell and Bam Adebayo, they're going to do their thing. But it's all about Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, Gabe Vincent, and whoever else decides to show up for the Miami Heat. Who's going to be that third guy to carry Jimmy Bell and Bam Adebayo home? 
And you can find that guy early, right the hot hand. And that should do it for Miami. They're better than the Atlanta Hawks, as you mentioned. Trey Young, he cannot play a lick of defense. He never could. He could score and pass with the best of them. But as far as defensively, uh, he doesn't have it. Now, John Collins, we'll see what he can do for the Hawks tomorrow as he's trying to uh, be that supporting guy for Trey Young. Deontay Murray, you had to look at him. Remember, he was uh, acquired via trade last summer. Of course, Bayanovich. Uh, he had a big game against the Bulls last week in that upset win here in Chicago. So I'm looking for the supporting uh, cast mates for both teams. Who's going to step up the most? Lorena, these are going to be the thing. Like you, like you said, I mean, look, we'll see what John Conzo. I know he's been banged up, so we'll see if he'll, he'll be able to, even be able to play tomorrow. So that's something to look out for mm-hmm. um, as well. There, I mean, you know, Click Capella. I know we know we know he's been around. You know, he's not, just, you know, he's been around a playoff, big playoff game. So mm-hmm. he probably knows what, what to do with us. But yeah, it's going to be one of those things. It really is going to be like which Miami team you're going to get after you know Butler and Bam, you know, who you guys gonna get to it's kind of like you know be that person to step up. Could we get a Duncan Robinson, a hero, or you know, somebody else of that ilk? So it's gonna be interesting to see with this game, like you know, which of those supporting cast can they be kind of like pick up the slack, especially if you know Bam and you know Jimmy still struggle. Yeah. And that's that's what's gonna come down to who's who's gonna step up the most. It's gonna come down to tangibles as well. Who's gonna uh, who's gonna grab the uh, the most rebounds and who's who's going to have uh, the better chances at scoring. And I think the Miami Heat could do that. We know that when they're locked in, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. And you have to, you have to give head coach Eric Spolstra credit for that for, for Miami. But I don't think Atlanta has it all around. Miami is at home. Uh, it, now, Miami better not uh, catch themselves uh, sleepwalking on the court. But I, I think Miami's a better team, and they have a better overall roster, and they play a better style than Atlanta. So I'm looking for Miami to win. I know they're favored by five points, but Miami should win comfortably if they come in focused and, and not sleepwalking. Yeah, hopefully, I'm sure Eric. Well, this is this is his first. We know this is his first rodeo, so I'm sure he knows you know what to do, what not to get his guys ready, get his guys motivated to play. So we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Now the other game, on real quick, Lakina, not to interrupt Lakina, but real quick, did you check out the highlights yesterday from their? Regular season finale, I believe it was against Orlando. Uh, Udonis uh-huh. Haslam hit the three-point. I think yes, it was his did. first of his career, and yep. they gave him a rocking chair. Everybody, yes, first of all, did. everybody stood up and gave him a standing ovation afterwards. Yep. He's just as old as we are, <laughs> making that for what it's worth. But uh, he had his first three-point yesterday in the, in the first quarter. Then after the game, they gave him all the gifts in a rocking chair because this uh-huh. is his last year before he, he calls it quits. He's been a stable down there for the last 20 plus years or so. Although that was a cool moment for the Miami Heat organization organization to do well, yeah, yesterday. And, well, yeah, and you know what? It was one of those sort of like, you know, he was a he was a big part of the first couple of championships. You know, maybe not the last one, but you know, definitely mm-hmm. the first couple of championships for Miami. He was definitely kind of in that. He was sort of like he was a sixth to seventh guy off the bench, but he mm-hmm. kind of been sort of been the only and you know, been there over the years. You know, we'll see what he does after his career and and, and such, but yeah, I think. Look, I remember him when he was all the way, you know, all the way back when he was at Florida. I'm talking about you know at University of Florida. I remember yeah. how far mm-hmm. back I, you know, I have well with Haslam. He's had a great career. I'm sure he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll get into the basketball hall of fame. May have to wait a few years, but you know, it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, you know, you kind of, you know, it makes you feel bad. No, D Way was there to congratulate him and some of the other. I think Bosch was there too, or they they, they did a video uh, tribute from uh, from uh, mm-hmm. Chris Bosch. So it was really a sweet moment. So yeah, it was a it was a really cool moment there. So. Now we can get back to the uh, the Wednesday, the other Wednesday matches, the late game after the uh, the Bulls Raptors playing. Yeah, OKC against the Pelicans. 
this is good. This could probably be you got the young, you know, upstart OKC Thunder, you got the more like seasoned Pelicans who kind of came out of nowhere last year and you know went you know far and such. But to me, this is gonna be you know, they've had their matchup, especially in the last few weeks. For me, I think you know, with the Thunder and, and then the Pelicans, it's really gonna depend on like this could be like first like 130. We know the Pelicans mm-hmm. can play defense, but I think the Thunder could be like one of those teams, you know, because you know, Shy goes Alexander, you got you know, Josh Giddy. Could those guys kind of like you know, try to slow down, you know, the Brendan Ingrams, the CJ McCollums, and such? So that's going to be a tough task for the Thunder. But look, that youth and that, you know, kind of like that exuberance and sort of like that, you know, that that fire, they could probably be the thing that kind of helps them pull off the upset here. Yeah, you mentioned Tim Ball. That's going to be the main key in this game. But I think the experience of the New Orleans Pelicans, as we talked about Lakina before last year, they won both their playing games to qualify for the playoffs. They took the Phoenix Suns to six games, even though Devin Booker was, and Chris Paul were injured at the time. But still, they did it without Zion Williamson. It looks like they ought to do it again without him this year. But I think that experience is going to carry the Pelicans through. You mentioned Brandon Ingles has been injured for most of the year. He's been catching fire the last couple of weeks. C.J. McCollum, same thing. He's starting to catch fire now. Don't forget about Troy Murphy the third. He's been in a supporting you know, cast as well. So New Orleans – uh, has been on, on a tear quietly over these last few weeks. Give head coach Willie Green, Green credit for it. Uh, he got the guys motivated and got the most out of him last year. He's going to have to do it again this year. On the flip side for OKC, you mentioned Josh Giddy and Shai uh, Gildas Alexander, first-time All-Star. Those two will have to lead the, the way for this young group. But the, the question is, when the New Orleans, when New Orleans makes their runs, can those two uh, stop and 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 shift the momentum from their side to OKC side because it's, it's definitely going to be tough on the road for this young OKC Thunder squad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, kind of like a nice little experience here because they're kind of like a year ahead schedule too. But I'm mm-hmm. sure they're going to want to stay around for a little bit. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they do the response because for a lot of these guys, it's going to be their first time in the playoff, you know, quote unquote. So that's going to be sort of like the thing here. And I'm for this game, I'm looking to see like, who can, you know, can they, we know the Thunder, you know, don't, they don't play defense well, so can they slow down the Pelicans? <laughs> that's going to be kind of like it. That's going to be a big ass for them. But uh, look, you never know. I mean, look, Shy could get hot, you know, Giddy could get hot, you know, other couple of other, yeah. other, the other young guys could get hot. So, you know, can we get like, can the, you know, can CJ McCollum kind of, you know, and the, and the, uh, the Pelicans kind of set the tone, the tone early? To me, that's going to be like the number one question there. Cause, and they have, they have the experience now. They're yes. going to be dealing with the, they're no longer the they're the hunted now, so you're gonna be you know dealing with a team that is the hunters. So it's gonna be easy to see. Like, will it be the more you know season experienced Pelicans, or will it be kind of like the upstart Thunder? It's, this should be a, this should be an interesting one. Yeah, if I have to pick Lakina, I will go with the Pelicans in a close one. I think so too. I mean, look, I think if Ingram if Ingram kind of set the tone early too. If we see the hot shooting from Ingram that we've seen the last few you know few weeks, I can kind of see them you know setting the tone early. But again, also too, I mean, you know, look, they can catch fire too. I'm talking about the Thunder, so that's mm-hmm. gonna be very interesting to see what happens. And, and I wanted to get our picks for the other games for, with for Tuesday. Uh, as far as the Hawks and the Heat are concerned, I'm taking Miami, and then of course I'm taking the Lakers over the Timberwolves. Same, I got the yeah, I got both of them too. But I think it's gonna be. I think the th- I think the uh, the the I don't think it'll be close either. On the Wednesday, I'm gonna say the Bulls just because I I think I think like our girl Christine said, I think your know, Pat that's gonna get into Demar's head. And say, look, this is your shot to kind of leave your mark in Toronto to kind of like in their playoff uh, chances. So I think you know that's going to be the key for the Bulls, and you know they'll play Atlanta. They have to play Atlanta on on Friday. Now, as far as the OKC New Orleans, I think the Pelicans will win, but it's going to be a lot closer than people think. 
I'll be I'll be the Grinch that stole Christmas. I'm going with Toronto over Chicago. I hope I'm wrong, but I won't be surprised. But like you said, Lakina, as far as the, the that Bulls Raptors game is concerned, you mentioned Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso, those um, leaders that don't get much headlines. They're going to be the key as well to see if they can get those other guys going. But like I said before uh, in the last half hour, this is going to be up to Zach and DeMar to lead this team. And one of them has the best shooting night. Who else is going to step up? Will it be Kobe White, Patrick Williams, Nikolai Vucevic, especially if he's in the post, he has the advantage. Give him the damn ball. Yep, exactly. So hopefully the Bulls will do – just that, and of course, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's going to be there. There, you know, this isn't going to be the first time, so we'll see what happens there. And those uh, is your preview for the uh, the NBA, um, you know, playing and such. Of course, we're going to have so we're going to have a big deal surprise for you guys come out at the end of the show. So you got to tune in at the end to see what happens. As this is, I can see sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you now. Sid, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because I know this, you know, this uh, this news came out during the final over the final four weekend, but. The basketball hall of the Naismith uh, Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame inductees were announced for 2023, and I think well, well I mean, look, there's really no big shockers here. Of course, you know, leading this, some of the guys that are leading the class. You got Paul Gasol, um, mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki, you know, Tony Parker, uh, Great Pop, Pop Popovich. Um, you know, on you, know, you got of course Becky Hammond, who's made a you know, great had a great career both internationally and of course now she's coaching. In WMEA, WMEA. Gene Keaton, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, head coach from uh, Purdue. Of course, you know, we talked about D and, and D Wade as well. You know, can't forget about him. Sorry, D Wade. <laughs> of course, you know, Popovich, you know, some of the, uh, you know, they lead the class and such. So, uh, no, really, no big shockers here, Sid. But, uh, you know, you look at the, you know, some of the copies of all the players that I've mentioned, the coaches too, but just a great class. And um, I'm looking forward to this speech because you know that Pop will probably have everybody laughing, you know, he'll be his usual sarcastic yeah. self. And, you know, it'll be interesting who, who presents who. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'll be honest with you. It, it's nice for a great Popovich to uh, you know, get his flowers while he's still coaching, while he's still alive. I, obviously, no pun intended. But uh, I know many people talk about the Spurs' success. Uh, he had five titles in that 25-year mm-hmm. span which is not easy. I know many people won't call that a quote-unquote dicing. I know many people had a problem with his style of play, which I did in the beginning of his coaching career, but it worked mm-hmm. uh, the way the league was at that time. But right. five championships um, in that 20 to 25 years span, that's nothing to sneeze that. You had three to four Hall of Fame, five Hall of Famers uh, on your team at one time. You mentioned Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and, and, and Tony Parker. So uh, you had such great superstars and he had great role players as well that helped to contribute to some of those championships during that time like Boris Dial and Robert Ori mm-hmm. and Michael Finley Chicago's very own and others mm-hmm. so it's nothing for great Popovich just needs that I think does he have a, a, a culture of the year award because a long time he was ignored for not getting one uh I I'm not sure I'm not sure I gotta look that up real quick but I'm not sure but uh let me let me check that out but yeah I mean it is crazy that you know unfortunately yeah, I mean his style, like you said, his style worked for uh for that part of the NBA, especially so at the time because it got, it was kind of a transition at the time. So, um, mm-hmm. I don't see, yeah, I don't see it. I don't think he ever won Coach of the Year. I don't think, but uh, you know, of course, you look there. You got five titles, of course, for the first '99 with in you know in Tim Duncan's early years. Also, to Am- the Amber mm-hmm. finally got his first title '03, '05, '07, and of course '2014 with Kawhi and and them. And you know, it's gonna be interesting. You know, I mean. I think he feels like he does get his due. I feel like he's finally getting his flowers. Like I said, I'm sure sure he's gonna go all go go all that he might say some swear words too. So please, you know, be prepared, <laughs> folks. 
But like, yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing his speech. I know D Wade. We just see who he gets, who he presents with. I know he and Shaq have still been very close. So he might, he might pick Shaq to represent him. Um, you know, won uh, three titles, of course, 13 time uh, all all star, eight time all NBA. You know, just a you know a great uh, career and and such. Of course, with the Heat and the, you know the Bulls, and yeah, he even played for the Cavs for those last last year. But uh, <laughs> the last year of his career, I know people will you know, forget that. But you know, really, uh, just a great uh, you know career. Of course, you know Tony Parker, six time All Star, four time All NBA, won four uh, NBA titles. Of course, he was there for you know oh three oh five and oh seven and, and of course twenty fourteen. Two, uh, you know, Dirk, uh, of course, 14 time all star, 12 time all NBA, 07, one MVP, one, of course, the 2011 championship with the with the Mavs, of course, of course, uh, going to the college side, of course, Gene Katie and the comb over, he still has that comb over, <laughs> one five <laughs> games in 27 seasons, of course, I was gonna say, of course, at Purdue, one, uh, the national coach of the year six times in 84, 88, 94, 95, with your big dog, 96 and 2000. Uh, Becky Hammond, of course, all the great you know seasons she had, you know, with the WNBA, of course, with the uh, Liberty and the Stars, six-time All-Star, and into the uh, uh, WNBA's uh, you know anniversary team. It's just a great career there. Powell, uh, you know, Powell Gasol, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA. Um, you know, won you know titles with the Lakers in '09 and 2010. And uh, yeah, those are kind of like your the sort of like the main you know folks, but. You know, just a just a really great you know uh, you know great class. Like I usually use with the uh, with the the basketball hall of fame. I know so it was oh everyone gets in, but yeah, I mean look, that's like you cover all the gambits too. You cover everything with the basketball hall of fame. So it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, and also too, don't forget about the. It's not I repeat, not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the yeah. basketball Hall of Fame because it includes some of your high school, both mostly your college, your pro, and your international uh, yep. careers as well. So that that that's the main criteria. Paul Gasol. He was the first star drafted when the Grizzlies moved from Vancouver to to Memphis before the 2001-2002 yep. season. Of course, mm-hmm. he helped uh, put that team on, on the map, and he helped the late great Kobe Bryant get his last two wins when he was traded to the Lakers in February of '08. Mm-hmm. And yes, so he played sir. in uh, three NBA Finals, won two of them, and Kobe Bryant challenged Paul Gasol because remember he got outplayed by Garnett in the '08 series. Yep. He came back in '09. Uh, dominated Dwight Howard, Rashard Lewis, and that Orlando Magic group. It should have been the Cavs, but that's a whole other issue. But mm-hmm. uh, it, mm-hmm. the Powell dominated uh, the front line of Orlando in that series, of course, in 2010. It was an ugly, scrappy series with the Lakers, but he came up big as well, along with Ron Artest, now Metabrol Peace in that series, especially in Game 7 when Kobe didn't have a great shooting game. But uh, Powell Gasol had, had a great career. He had some great moments here with the Bulls, even though that was toward the end of the Derrick Rose Tom Thibodeau era and Jimmy Butler was starting to become a star of his own. He did some nice things here too. So Powell Gasol, one of those versatile big men in, in the game. Uh, he had a great outside touch from the wing. He dominated inside, but he was very good defensively too. Yeah, he was. And I don't think people uh, give him credit for his defense because I think he was probably one of the best defensive guys. Uh, I think he, I think he was an all defense too a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, you know, had a great career, of course, you know, with the Grizzlies, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Bulls, of course, and the Bucks. Um, you know, going into uh Dirk, uh, of course, you know, 20 points kind of help you know, put the maps kind of like you'll know, get into that, that next level. Um, you know, of course, you know, in 20 uh 2011 with the the championship with the Mavericks, of course, they beat the Heat. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. We, we saw how he how he felt afterwards. You know, he, he had to he couldn't really contain himself, he could have he had to kind of like take a breath because he didn't think that it would happen if he saw his reaction after that 2011 chip. And I because I remember it very well, he didn't, yeah. 
know what that moment was going to happen for him. So that's why he kind of had to take a, like a step back and sort of say, kind of like taking the moment because he didn't think that would happen for him. But yeah, you know, all uh, 12 time All NBA, of course, he won uh, the NBA final, uh, the NBA MVP in 07, too. So mm-hmm. great career for Dirk, yo. Great that he's getting his uh, due finally. Uh, of course, Tony Parker, another part of that, you know, Spurs uh, gang, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, you know, won four titles, of course, you know, six time all star, four time all NBA selection, just a you know, a great career for him. And I know you now you got that whole core, you got you know, because Duncan's there, Manu got in last year, you know, Gorth Duncan in a couple of years ago during the COVID year, and but uh, they're, they're all there now, of course. He and Pop, it's gonna be interesting that do, do they do they walk together? Do they like you know, <laughs> it'll be pretty cool if that happened, yeah, yeah, they'll be interesting to see how that goes. Now, of course, you'll know, do, do D Wade, you know, 13 time All Star, eight time All NBA, uh, won three titles and such. Of course, you know, six, you know, 2012 and 2013. He's kind of, you know, sort of like that Renaissance guy because with Miami, of course, you know, Shaq, you know, got in after that, the fallout with Kobe, you know, came to Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, he, this was basically D Wade's team. And, you know, look, he said, look, you're my big brother. I'm going to help, we're going to help each other. And, of course, they ended up winning uh, in 06. You know, of course, they we went to you went two more, of course, with uh LeBron and uh, uh Chris Bosch. So, just a you know, all in all, a great player and such. You know, he's also been a great ambassador for the game, both in the NBA and WNBA. So, it's really cool that he's getting this dude, too. Yeah, as you mentioned, all all in all, a, a great class going into the basketball hall of fame this year. They'll be enshrined later on this year. Dern Nowitzki, you could say he's the best foreign big man of all time, almost he's six and 11 and a half. He was a power forward, but he had a small forwards game. You could say he's the foreign version of Larry Bird. And as you mentioned, Lakina, I remember that moment very well uh, after the game six of the 2011 NBA Finals. Remember five years before that Dallas Mavericks team had had Miami down to love, and they lost the next four games to, to blow that title. If it wasn't for that, Dirk Nowitzki could have two rings instead of one mm-hmm. right now. And so mm-hmm. – uh, that's uh, that's why he reacted mm-hmm. the way he did. Now, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> I thought he could have added a three-point shot to his game. He would have been more right. unstoppable, but yeah. he, was, he was the poor man's version of Allen Iverson. Remember, he took a lot of knocks, especially early in his yep. career, because his oh, yeah. game was penetrating, uh, uh, going down into the lane and dunking on folks. And you saw those entries starting to pile up toward the end of their run with, with LeBron and Bosh, but he was still very effective during the last few years of his career. He, he was probably the third best shooting guard during his time playing in the NBA. So he deserved going into the Hall of Fame. And Tony Parker, 07 MVP. Remember, LeBron James was starting to grow his resume back then. He wasn't there yet, but he was just starting. Of course, the Spurs were in the middle of that run back then with those veteran guys. And Tony Parker was at before Chris Paul. And Jason Kidd was starting to come to the end of his career before he got his first ring a few years later. Tony Parker at that time was considered, if not the best, one of the best point guards in the NBA. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he feel I feel like he kind of like is sort of right there with that 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 top yo fours of all time because he was kind of mm-hmm. like that. He wasn't a big guy like it was where you couldn't do on the inside, but he'd get he could you know go inside and out. So I think that's definitely kind of like he was mm-hmm. look. He it was his shooting was a big part of why you know the Spurs was made as they did during their that tenure because of his shooting, of course. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Duncan took care of the inside. Manu took care of the interior, well, the, the exterior around. And then, you know, I guess, you know, Parker mm-hmm. was kind of like in between. And, of course, you know, they had to get the coach. Of course, you had Pop. So, yeah, I think for me, I think that that particular part is what made the Spurs. Yes, it was it was kind of boring to watch, you know, and there was a little bit. It wasn't – it was an acquired taste. Um, but, look, they won title because of it, so it worked. Now, I want to talk about Gene Kay first before we go to break. Um. 
Five year, I should say. Uh, one in Naismith. Um, I remember that 88 team at Purdue with uh, the late great Roy Marble. That was a team that probably could have easily went to the Final Four because I think that's how good that team was. Same thing with the night those uh, those mid nineties teams with you know Glenn Victor Robinson and Quanzo Martin and that you know in that group. It sort of felt like you know they were kind of like at the cusp, but they never were able to get to that finish line. That's still happening there, unfortunately, mm-hmm. with uh, with Matt Painter. Yeah. Now, but, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, but yeah, I think for you know, I, I feel like you know he's finally getting his due now. I think he looks fantastic. Like they still got the comb over. It's it's gray now, but you know, yeah. <laughs> the Homer Simpson comb over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So we'll see that you know in the Hall of Fame. I know he's gonna be, he's gonna be very like he's gonna enjoy the moment and such. So. I'm looking forward to his speech. So yeah, it's gonna be uh should be a great class as it usually is. Of course, you know Becky Hamill with everything she's done with the game. Of course, you know, she assistant coach in the you know, for a few years with the Spurs. Again, the Spur the, the theme here with the Spurs. Uh yes. but uh, of course now she's a WNBA coach now. But yeah, you know, it, it's it's gonna be a great class nonetheless. So it should be this uh, should be fun too. Yeah, don't forget he had uh Gene K had those great teams in the late nineties and early two thousand. Remember Brian Cardinal, yeah. he didn't oh, pay yeah. off in oh, the yeah. NBA, but he got him in yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, you got him in there, yeah. So yeah, he played for a little bit. So you know, you know, he's part of that 2000 squad, of course. Um, of mm-hmm. course, uh, with, uh, with Katie won his last uh, Naismith Coach of the Year in 2000. So yeah, I remember those of uh, Ryan Cardinal and some of those other guys on that team. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what what he. Does. I'm sure a lot of those guys will be there. We'll, I'm sure we'll see you know Glenn, Big Dog, Robinson, Quasa Martin, all those guys. I'm sure all these players are probably gonna have their former coaches and such. So I know I know Tom Queen's gonna be there for for D. Of course, his, his uh, college coach over at Marquette. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm sure they're all going to be there. I know Doug is probably going to be there too because both his uh, another one of his teams and his coach is going to be there too. I'm sure they'll, he might be presenting one of them. Who knows? But both of them too. So who knows? But uh, should be a fun one later this summer. Yes, can't wait. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. Hour number one, the books. Hour number two coming up. Of course, you've got. Of course, we got your baseball, the socks. Good show. Although Kopech had a nice uh, bounce back uh, against the Pirates uh, yesterday, so that's you know that's that's a plus. Uh, the 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 Rangers, you know, the the, the Rangers kept the Cubs again, give, give them the sweep, darn it. But they they still win the series over the Cubs, nonetheless. Some interesting things happening too with the, uh, the MLB too. Also, we're gonna talk some uh, Masters, um, also uh, old school TV Monday, and a whole old oh, course OBJ, you know, going to the Ravens. Might that was that me for Lamar? So a lot to do still coming hmm. up next. Lakita McGee, hmm, right? You know, we'll ponder <laughs> that. You guys can ponder that. Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago out. Number two coming up right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. 
Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to album number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We are live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shuli on the Twitter in the IG. Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. It's on Akita McGee on the Twitter and Akita's going to be on the IG. We have less than 55 minutes left for this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. All right, Lakina, let's do that baseball. As we'll talk about our local teams first, uh, we'll get my White Sox out of the way. They're starting a series against the Minnesota Twins at Target Field as we speak. Uh, it's cease day. Dylan Cease will take the hill against Ken Maida. Uh, of the of the twins, we'll get into that later. But over the weekend, Lakina they they lose two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are six and three on the year. They lose one of their big young stars. We'll talk about that in coming up. Lakina, mm -hmm. I was encouraged and discouraged at the same time. Discouraged, Lucas Giolito. Yeah, you're that was not a contract. good start. You're playing for a contract. I know you're not going to have no hitter stuff in every start. That's not going to happen. But the way you started off the season has been terrible. He needs to turn it around. What I encouraged about is what we saw is in particularly on Saturday. Uh, even though he, the power has to come yet via the home run, I know Johan Makana has a couple. Oscar Colas, congratulations to him last Friday for hitting his first career home run uh, in in the loss against Pittsburgh. It looks like he's going to be a good one in the in the outfield for the White Sox. He may be an AL Rookie of the Year candidate. But back to what happened on Saturday, you put up 11 runs. Not one has been a home run. It all got started with Tim Anderson. When Tim Anderson has a multi-hit game, the White Sox are nearly unbeatable. 
Luis Robert Jr., who had the day off yesterday, he's been swinging the bat well. He looks like he's healthier now than he's been over the last year or so. Andrew Benatendi, uh, the, the bat has been slowing down a little bit, but he's been giving you great defense, which I like to see. Gavin Sheets has been coming through, Lakina, and on, you play him two to three times a week, I think you're going to get some good production out of him. Michael Kopech, as you mentioned before the break, uh, he had a great game yesterday. It's just like the offense, unfortunately, did not come through. And so it's kind of a mixed bag for the White Sox. I know they're 4-6 right now. They should be 6-4, to four, to tell you the truth. But that's, that starting pitcher for the White Sox, I'm not going to jump off the bridge just yet, but it's concerning me, minus Dylan Cease. Well, I'll, be, I'll be honest think- with you, minus Dylan Cease, and I'll give a surprise name if you pay attention closely who who had the win on Saturday, Mike Clevenger. Right, yeah, I mean, Clevenger of all people, you know, had that win on Saturday. Um, I mean, not not that loss, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it's it's sort of one of those things where you know you, you kind of like you know they they lose your series, the series. Although Clevenger kind of had to bounce back after a slow start, he had you know that 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 Friday game was a little bit weird because you know they were up. Uh, I think you know the Pirates took the Pirates to a, a, a lead first, and then the Sox came back, but then the Sox took a lead, and then the Pirates you know tied it, and then like all types of you know all heck broke loose after that, but uh. Dealey, though, that's not a, a good showing by him. So hopefully this is just, you know, uh, we can kind of get the kinks out and, and whatnot. Now, as far as that Sunday matchup, I mean, look, you know, they no, they didn't, you know, the Sox, you know, the, the bats were ice cold, but, you know, they actually had out, they had out hit the Pirates 6-2 to two yesterday mm-hmm. in that rubber match. But, and, you know, look, I think Michael Kopech, you know, definitely bounced back from that last start to the start prior, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is with that one. But, yeah, I think you got to be encouraged if you're a Sox fan regardless, even though, yeah, you didn't win that game. But, you know, at least like Kopech, hopefully that, 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 that disaster start he had against Houston was an anomaly. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, going into this series against Minnesota, well, look, I mean, well, Bucks quickly, Kim, before we go, before we go to that series against Minnesota, what did you think about that play? But in the sixth inning yesterday, uh, Sevi Savala tagging out O'Neill Cruz, oh, who's going to oh, be yeah, out a yeah. while with that ankle injury. Carlos well, yeah, Santana, cool. Pittsburgh, kind of then both benches clear, but thank goodness nothing too much came of it afterwards. Yeah, they just kind of like they kind of like did the stairs. So no one really, no, there was no fighting. There was no punishment. Like everybody saying that their their size of the dugout. Now, as far as that, I mean, look, remember they changed the rule where they can't make contact with the catcher. So he had to kind of mm-hmm. just you know go toward this way. Of course, unfortunately, he uh, you know uh, I think he fractured his well not his foot, but it was something that you know, his, his ankle. Leg, yeah. So his ankle. So you know he's going to be gone for a while now. Unfortunately, that that's you're, you're probably going to see more and more of that. Unfortunately, because you need the Royals got to figure out how they're going to be able to do it without having to you know, make contact with the catcher. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the, the, the another adjustment that you know they're going to have to make. In this case, unfortunately, it's sort of a physical thing. Unfortunately, one of their one of the Pirates' top you know guys, young stars, you know, kind of one of the reasons where you want to go see go see uh, Pittsburgh. You know, the Pirates over at PNC. If you know, unfortunately, this is kind of like what the happens here, but. You know he's gonna be gone for a few weeks, so yeah, it's unfortunate that that in that you know in that realm. Well, hopefully we don't see more of that, but I'm afraid we might. But we'll just see what happens with that. Now, now, now going to this series against the Pirates, I guess. Uh, well, guess what? Buxton isn't playing today. Byron Buxton isn't playing, which has been a who's been a Sox killer for the Twins. Also, Correa I think is out for. Uh, not, I don't know if it's just gonna be for this game, but just for I don't know if it's just for the series. Or I don't know if it's just gonna be for this game. He has lower back uh, issues, so you know, got this you know going on right now. They just started, so. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in this because we know that this is one of the reasons why the Sox were able to make the playoffs last year because they couldn't beat the teams in their division. We're exactly. Going to see, we're going to see if they could that if that changes, but 
you know, again, of course, I know, I know, uh, Chuck Garfine makes a big deal about, oh, well, you know, Buxton's out, you know, Correa's going to be out for, I don't know if it's just for this game, but I don't know if it's just for the series, but, or just for this game, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, let, let's see if they can kind of, you know, make that, you know, set the tone here, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. My two uh, key elements in this series, factors in this series for the Sox are this. It's, it starts with Tim Anderson. He did not get a hit yesterday. He has to get on base. If you notice, especially with these new rule changes we've been telling you guys about for the last month or so, uh, the stolen bases have been up uh, across the league, and including our White Sox. Yes, the White Sox are stealing bases, folks, as you saw over the, over the weekend against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Tim Anderson has been leading the charge in, in that in the stolen base department. Tim Anderson has to find his way to get on. We know he's an aggressive leadoff hitter, and when he gets on, he's very aggressive in the base passes. Like I said, he's done that so far this year. I expect them to do that in this series. And number two, I'm focusing on Lance Lent and Lucas Giolito. They'll pitch the next two games uh, in this series after Dylan Seas does what he, I think he'll do today. It's all about the fundamentals, you know, catching the ball and fielding the Sox. Uh, they've been kind of up and down defensively, even though they've been okay, but, you know, they had an error in the game on, on Friday. But I, I expect them to play defense. You got to play smart because Minnesota's a smart team. And mm-hmm. when, when you make a mistake, teams like that will make you pay. So the Sox have to play clean defense, and they got to get some runs consistently across on play. What I saw on Saturday, if that if that team could do that consistently throughout the year, the Sox w- will be in, in better shape. Now, what we saw yesterday, sometimes you got to take tip your cap to the other team, and, and that's what happened yesterday. The Sox, as you mentioned, out hit Pittsburgh yesterday. They just couldn't get the, the players across home plate. So I'm looking at Tim Anderson, and I'm looking at Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito. Uh, if those three players step up the way that we expect them to, the White Sox should at least take two out of three. Selfishly, I want to sweep. I don't think that's going to happen, but the White Sox realistically still should take two out of three. Uh, despite Minnesota's a strong start this year. We'll see what happens with that series. I'll go into the north side. I got the Cubs and the Rangers. Uh, you know, they you know, the Cubs about beat the Rangers two out of three. Um, you know, that that first game on Friday, uh Marcus Stroman, another uh gem there. Uh, you know, six shutout innings, you know, they you know, two to nothing there. Uh, also Cody Bellinger again had to go ahead uh single that you know helped the the Cubs uh beat them on that game. You know, Strowman looks really good. He, you know, he had, you know, two hits, you know, struck out six and only and walked only three. This was his 200th career start. So, look, I'm not going to say he's going to be the NL uh, Cy Young, you know, winner. I'm not going to say that. But He threw the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying that. But, look, again, if he can kind of keep it up. We saw this, you know, early uh, Strowman last year. So, hopefully he can keep it up. Now, a Saturday's game, you know, 10 to three. I mean, they need a little bit of it. You know, you know Patrick Wisdom had a couple of uh, – of big hits and they kind of, you know, Justice Deal has some big hits too. So they, oh, Dave Ross kind of mixes up a little bit. So this might be the one time where, you know, Coast fans don't want to, you know, you know, come at them with the lineup. But, you know, Trey Man City had uh, three of the uh, the Cubs' 14 hits on Saturday. Yeah. So this is good. You got, well, you want to come from your top guys. Of course, you know, um, Dancy Swanson had an RBI, uh, Madrigal, your, your, your former guy, he had two, he had two hits as well. So, you know, <laughs> He made his own play yesterday, but we'll leave well, that yeah, well, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I want to talk about that. Yeah, it wasn't the best play, but, you know, the game was already out of hand by that point with that Rangers. They closed the wheel. Unfortunately, they didn't sweep them. But, you know, you take two out of three against the Rangers team that, you know, that, you know, some people thought that maybe could break through and perhaps maybe compete for a playoffs, but you're kind of in the same spot. So, yeah, you'll take a two, to, two out of three against the Rangers if you're the Cubs. So, 
look, we're no one knows what's going to happen this year. We're not going to expect them. We're, no one's expecting them to, uh, to compete in the National League Central, but they could kind of be right there in that playoff playoff uh, you know wild card chase. And so far, they've been doing just that. It looks like so far this year for the Cubs, they are Danny going forward for this year until the offense comes around is strong starting pitching in defense. And so far they've been taking advantage of it, despite not sweeping uh, the Rangers yesterday, they've been doing it for the most part this year. Like I said, Marcus Stroman uh, heads that group in the starting rotation. I know Kyle Hendricks is out, but Marcus Stroman is taking that load, um, that load to carry the starting staff for the Cubs right now. So he's doing a great job. I believe he's two and on the year. I have been a chance, have happened to get a chance to, I got a chance rather to watch the Rangers broadcast on Valley Sports Southwest yesterday uh, for that series finale. And they had a stat up before the Cubs lost yesterday. During the Cubs' three-game winning streak, they had three home runs, 10 RBI, and 12 walks. So the Cubs were very patient uh, at the plate, and they took advantage of guys on base on like the Southsiders, but mm. the Cubs were able to get them on, but get them across home plate. Uh, and just like the Sox, the Cubs don't have a lot of power uh, in their lineup outside of Patrick Wisdom or AKP Will, as our guy Eugene Magachach from the Bigs will call him. But the Cubs don't have, do not have many power hitters in their lineup right now outside of Patrick Wisdom. But they're taking advantage of the opportunities. You mentioned, you mentioned the other guys like Cody Bellinger and Trey Man City and Eric Hosmer and Dansby Swanson, who's still swinging a high stick. Those guys are coming through in key situations. Is that what you need as this team continues to gain confidence and, and gain a new identity? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's going to be kind of like the key here. Look, they're not playing, you know, they're, look, they're not swinging the ball out the park. They're, they're doing like the little things. They're actually doing the small mm-hmm. ball thing, which has actually helped them so far. So, yeah, you know, this is not, you know, the last couple of years is sort of like, you know, all or nothing. But it seems like now they're kind of taking a new, they, you know, these kids are taking a new approach, especially when you guys have guys like, you know, Swanson and Bellinger that, and also Trey Man City, who kind of do the whole, the, you know, the small ball, go for their RBI, mm-hmm. you go for the single or the double and not, you know, just go all out for the uh for the home run so we're seeing that so far they, they play the mariners so i'm kind of in a, i'm in a tough spot too they play the mariners for the first couple of days week, so <laughs> i'm uh, i'll get to them in a second but yeah I'm a, I'm a little you know kind of like a torn here you know that's a, that's on my other team the mariners but you know going into the rest of the league you know the tampa bay rays again they're now nine and oh as we're recording this they're still the only undefeated team left in baseball and I don't know how long they're going to keep up with this, but you know, the fact that they've been able to still do this, I mean, granted they, they've beaten the Tigers and the Nationals and the, and the, uh, the A, that's probably why they're 9-0. I don't mm-hmm. know why wants to say that, but don't tell the people in uh, Tampa that, but that's kind of why they're to actually, to actually be the team they're supposed to beat. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. You know, they, they play the Red Sox um, <laughs> starting today, but, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can keep it up. I mean, they're, they're, their pitch has been really solid. Their hit has been really solid. Like I said, their opponents haven't been very good. That's probably why they're now 9-0. Nine, nine mm-hmm. But, uh, look, I mean, I, I'm liking what uh, Randy Azarena, I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, one of the uh, best uh, leadoff hitters in baseball. Yeah, so he might – He, you know, some people say he might be in the running for AL MVP. So if he keeps up what he's been doing, he's been kind of like – he's been, you know, on base for at least like each of those, those, nine, uh, those nine first nine games. It's probably the reasons why also there's, there's, he's helping to set the tone early for the Rays. So their pitch has been really solid too. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, don't forget about Yandy Diaz and Wanda Franco either. Those two uh, young hitters as well. As we mm-hmm. talked about Lakino over the last uh, about three or four years, uh, give manager Kevin Cash credit. You have solid baseball guys. They don't have any – just like the Cubs, they're, they're the upgraded version of the Chicago Cubs. They don't have any – 
power right. hitters in their lineup, but they play the game right. They're fundamentally sound, and they rarely beat themselves. And those teams are mm -hmm. usually uh, tough to eliminate come playoff time. I know they don't have a World Series uh, before you yell at me. I know they lost, uh, they gave it away to the Dodgers in the COVID year a couple years ago, but mm -hmm. those types of teams usually find their way into the postseason and have success every year. Yeah, and like I said, we'll see if they can keep it up. I mean, like I said, like we were saying, I mean, the, the, the poets haven't been very good, so of course they'll be able to take advantage of that. But, you know, that's what you do. Look, they can't help what they play in their schedule. So we'll see once they start playing the Yankees, once they start playing Houston. You know, we'll see. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see if they can do that now. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Nelson Cruz. 42 years old, of course. He's now he's playing still playing. He's still playing. He's playing for the Padres now. He now has six. He got six RBIs in the uh, – in that uh, Sunday night uh, game against At Atlanta. So mm -hmm. it's interesting that you know, the Padres have looked really good so far. Again, we've seen this the last few years with the Padres. We'll see if they can keep it up. But at least so far, they look really – they've been okay. Yeah, those bats came alive looking over the weekend, taking the last three games of that four-game series down there in hot Atlanta at the Orlando Arcia uh, defeated them in, in the ninth inning on Thursday. The Padres uh, woke up. With those mm -hmm. bats, you know, you still have um, Juan Cruz and you still have uh, Manny Machado. I know Manny Fernando Machado. Tatis will be due back later on, on in the year, but you still have Jay Cornerworth and, and some of the other guys that have big bats in the, in the lineup. Xander, they'll give Xander Bogarts as well. So yes. when those bats start to wake up for, for San Diego, they, they could be a problem. And don't forget about the starting pitch as well. I think you Darvish pitches tonight, yes, I, I believe, as they take on the Mets. Does, yeah. yeah, he does. He does. So, uh, yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see if you know if they can you know keep it up. Now the Diamondbacks they beat they uh beat the Dodgers three out of four. No, I'm not. No, that's not. I did not make that up. They actually did beat them <laughs> three out of four. And I mean, I don't know what's it, 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 you know they had sixteen hit sixteen hits you know total and uh on that in that round they robbed them eleven to six. So I don't know what's going on right now. I know uh people are already uh Dodgers fans are already looking asking for Dave Dave Roberts's head again. It's not happening, folks. <laughs> It's like, yo, we're only about like a little over like almost two weeks in. But uh like then we all folks kinda like slowed down. Like, didn't they lose like three out of four to like you know the Rockies? I'm talking about the Dodgers did like or two out of three or they were swept by the uh, the Rockies last year. Mm -hmm. So I think people need to kind of just slow down a little bit. I mean, look, we've seen the weirdness that happened early on. I know that you know they split their series with the Dodgers, you know, in the opener and you know, they they won no the uh, yeah, they won a no no, they split their uh, the two gamer against the Padres. Again, I think people need to kind of just slow down a little bit. I mean, I don't, I don't see the pot. I don't see the Diamondbacks you know, being like right there. And this, this is not like a giant situation where we're going to see them. I know they're not going to, uh, they're not going to be there. I don't think in the end. Give them one month. I mean, look, if, if they're still there at the top, like a month from now, then we can talk. But right now, I'm not going to like freak out. Oh my God, the the Diamondbacks leading the, the National League, National West. I should say. I don't think it's going to happen for that long. Yeah, uh, breaking news uh, regarding baseball. Lakina, the White Sox uh, reliever Joe Kelly, he's been placed again on the 15-day injured list, and it's retroactive to April 9th with a right groin strain. So Joe Kelly, he struggled off to start the year. He did a good job on Saturday. Uh, it wasn't good enough, so he's going to be on the injured list for the White Sox for the next couple of weeks. But uh, getting back to uh, the Dodgers, we know expectations are very high with the, with the Dodger fans. Of course, you have a lot of new players this year. Trace Thompson, if that last name sounds familiar, familiar, he's the younger brother of the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson. Of course, their father mm -hmm. is Michael Thompson, the former basketball player, world champion, and now like a broadcaster. But Trace Thompson starting to uh, get some playing time. 
You got former Cub Jason Hayward over there with the Dodgers. Now he had his first home run uh, the other night. And so you got a lot of new guys uh, that are trying to fill in their roles. And remember, they got a lot of they got rid of a lot of their veterans last year, i.e. Mm-hmm. Justin Turner. I know you still had Max Muncy over there, but Gavin Lux is injured for the year. So you're still trying to find new guys and they're trying to get comfortable in their new role. So Dave Roberts, they still have time over there. They'll be fine, but that's just you you don't want uh, them to sell into uh, long losing streaks. And and this uh, this Dodgers team is too good enough to to uh, get into those long losing streaks. Still a very solid team, the Dodgers, with all the departures and such. So, well, I'm sure they'll get it together. Um, you know, the Yankees, of course, they're the Yankees. You know, they, you know, it's gonna, you know, I think, I think, uh, Aaron Judge just hit another home run. I think, I think it's, yeah, I saw it yesterday. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that was a, you know, they, 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 um, they went two out of three against, uh, the uh, Baltimore. I guess, you know, one game was postponed, so they'll, they'll make that game up later, later on this in the summer. But, you know, they, they looked really good, you know. They they they've been pretty solid. I mean, they they beat uh, the Phillies two out of three, of course, early last week, and, and and such. So I think if you're, I think the pitching is going to be the key here. I I believe for them, and of course, Mio Stan's going to do his thing. Of course, your Judge is going to do his thing, and all the other uh, guys and uh, Volpe and uh, all the others. But you know, it's good. to me, it's going to be the pitching, the pitching, yeah. because that's what's been killing the like the Yankees the last few years is their starting pitching. They really need to get their their guys. You know, of course, we know Garrett Cole is going to do his thing. He had a solid, he had a really solid start over the weekend. Uh, but the, the other guys got to step up, and I'm hoping that they can get that because I think it's been a while since the Yankees have won the World Series. And I'm sure the New York people. 2009. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been that for well, almost 14, well, 13 years now. Obviously, we're not counting this mm-hmm. year yet, but people are getting restless there in the Bronx, and I think people want to kind of they want to get that be right there and bring it back to the World Series. So, well, we'll see if this is a team that do it. Well, we'll see. Yeah, speaking of the AL East team, the Toronto Blue Jays, they swept the Anaheim Angels out there on the West Coast over the weekend. I don't know if you had a chance to check out yesterday's game. Lincoln. I had a chance to watch it after the White Sox. Uh, mm-hmm. Anaheim uh, battled back twice. Uh, yep. They tied the game in the ninth after Mike, <laughs> Trice, Mike Trout strikes out with the bases loaded. Hunter Murphy comes through, and but before then, Shohei Otani gets hit by a pitch, so they loaded the bases again, mm-hmm. and Hunter Renfro comes through for the Angels and knocks it to the tie of the game. Toronto comes back with two of their own in the top of the 10th. The Angels get one back, but uh, Mike Trout uh, disappeared again in the clutch. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the beginning of the end for the Angels, but remember that around this time last year, the Angels got out to a hot start, and then mm-hmm. they had that ugly series. Uh, in the first, I believe it was the first weekend in May last year against Philadelphia. They blew that getaway game, and then things started going down here. They fired Joe Mann, and then things ran off the rails. I'm not saying it's going to be the, the beginning of the end for Anaheim, but uh, they got to turn it around here quickly. Is given the status of Shohei Otani, he's a free agent after this season. And he might be trade too before the trade deadline, especially if they go to a bad start. I actually I actually yeah. saw highlights of this game, and I you know because I was like, wait, huh? And they're like, wait, what? Wait, they tied it, and then so you know someone got hit by a pitch, and I guess you know Chapman, mm-hmm. you know, gave up a you know another uh, who hit Otani, so. It was it was a really weird game. I, I guess if you it was one of those games where you kind of like you blink, you miss something else. If you try to turn from it, and you miss yeah. something else too. And it, the weird the weird thing is that the game didn't even last that long. It only lasted a little about a little over three and a half hours. So it, it wasn't even you know it didn't feel long. So you know I guess you know, <laughs> and such. So it was because it, yeah, last year a game like this would be easy to be about like five 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 and a half hours. So you know the fact that it was only about a little, a little under three and a half. I think that was kind of like shows you that. You know, maybe that maybe those pitch clocks a good thing, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the Angels. I don't know. I mean, we we talked about my buddy Chris Gilman, of course. You know, our, our girl Christine uh, Manica's fiance, who's becoming a, a really great friend of ours. 
you know, it's going to be interesting, especially, you know, it's, if they do get to this, you know, long, like, you know, slide, that's going to be the key here. And I, and I think, you know, you know Trout, you know, where was Trout? I mean, he had a couple of chances to try to break the game open. That didn't happen. So you got to give, you'll, you'll give Toronto credit for kind of like staying calm and being mm-hmm. able to go through with this on the big, the clutch hits late. Yeah. As, as we expect for Toronto to compete this year in the AL East and get back to the playoffs. So they, they went there last year before losing to Seattle in the wild card series, but we all know that Toronto's a dangerous team offensively. They just had to get it done uh, with the pitching. Speaking of one more AL, AL East team as we wrap up the weekend that was in MLB, the Boston Red Sox, uh, they sweep away the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we take them seriously. We'll see, as you say, in about a month from now. Now going to the NL, uh, the New York Mets uh, take two out of three from the Miami Marlins. They failed to, to sweep them yesterday, but they're, they're, they're playing good ball. Now back to the America League, we mentioned the Twins. They're taking on the White Sox as we speak, but uh, they take two out of three from the uh, from the uh, Houston Astros. The Astros are off to a, a struggling start, as we, as we said. They could do that now without Jose Altuve. Mm-hmm. And back to the National League, the Brewers are starting to take care, took care of the Cardinals this weekend. Yeah, so uh, I'm not I'm not worried about the Cardinals. I think I know that um, you know some people are kind of supposing uh, St. Louis are kind of mm-hmm. starting to freak out. But I think look look, I mean I'm sure they'll figure it out. Look, they have a lot of players. Mm-hmm. You know, they got guys that are going to be look. Adam Ray is going to be retiring, so you got to think that maybe I'm sure they'll they've got to like same thing with the Dodgers. They got to acclimate some new guys in that 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 lineup. So I'm sure they'll figure it out too. I mean that's that that's that Cardinals team is too talented. So we'll see what happens. I know the Brewers have actually looked really good too. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Now, real quick, as we go through the, the schedule, of course, got the, the Sox and uh, the Twins, you know, going on right now. They start their series. The Yankees and the Guardians, that should be a fun one, that game one of that, that series starts. Yeah, Cleveland got a big win yesterday in extra innings against your Mariners. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I wish uh, Oakland and Baltimore, uh, uh, Baltimore hoping to bounce back from that uh, series when they had a couple of chances to win that series against the Yankees. Um, Houston and Pittsburgh. We'll see how Pittsburgh mindset is. Um, Boston, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia, San Diego, and the Mets. That should be a fun one there, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and of the series starting tonight, Cincinnati at Atlanta. Uh, the Atlanta trying to bounce back after losing three or four to the Padres at home. Of course, you mentioned uh, Lakina Seattle Mariners. They're, they'll take on the Cubs tonight, tomorrow, <laughs> and Wednesday afternoon. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Kansas City, the Royals, they took two out of three from San Francisco over the weekend. Uh, they're they're stay on the road. They'll take on the Texas Rangers. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals will take on the Colorado Rockies. Uh, the Washington Nationals will take on the Anaheim Angels. The Brewers will take on the Diamondbacks. And the Dodgers and Giants will do battle for the first time this year by the Bay. And so that starts uh, later tonight. And other series that are starting for this week, the Marlins and the Phillies will do battle starting tomorrow. Detroit will be at Toronto, oh, yep. and those and those those are the series that yep. are start to, yep. uh, tomorrow. So those are the series going on Monday through Wednesday of this week. All right, we're gonna take a really quick break as we wrap things up here. Of course, we're talking about OBJ siding with the Ravens. Hmm, what does it mean for one Mister Lamar Jackson? And also to uh, speaking of giving the football thing, of course, John Rom wins the Masters, but. How an all-pro uh, Super Bowl champion tight end almost sort of jakes his chances. And, of course, that and a whole lot more. We've got old-school TV Monday and such. So a lot to do still in this last half hour. Coming up next, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second Team Sports, on Sports of Chicago, NFL, golf, and a whole lot more coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. 
These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday Fun Edition. We're live in a little cover right here on Sports Old Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on Twitter in the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. 
We have less than 25 minutes left of this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, let's start with uh, this, you know, OBJ to the Ravens. I was, you know, watching you know, the Masters, you know, look at the NBA stuff. Actually, I just saw the fight between Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson. Who has been uh Rudy Gobert has been suspended for the game tomorrow, by the way, against the Lakers. Not a surprise. <laughs> yes, they made that official. Yeah, they made that official to Kona uh, Woj. But you know, going back to uh OBJ, he decided to you know to sign a one-year deal worth 18 million dollars, you know, to the Ravens. And I don't think anybody had the Ravens, you know, as kind of like the part, you know, some people said the Jets. I heard some people, I think a couple people said the Bills, I think a couple other teams as well. And you know, it's going to be a lot of incentives. You know, I think the base salary is going to be 15 million, and of course, you know, some of the other incentives and such. Now, if you saw, you know, on the Instagram, on his Instagram, he was talking to a one uh, Lamar Jackson, and again, you know, all this stuff has been going on there. You know, take that how you will. Now, I know that uh, you know Ian Rappaport, of course, in NFL Network said, you know, Baltimore's QB. I'm talking about OBJ, but let's be honest, OBJ is mm-hmm. not coming in to play for Tyler Huntley. No shade to Tyler Huntley, who I I adore very much. I loved him when he was at at uh he was at Utah, but I'm sorry, yeah, it looks like oh uh Lamar is coming back, and you know, look, he's get that extra weapon that they desperately need over there in Baltimore. What do you think about the signing, Sid? I think it's a great signing for Baltimore. As we talked about at various points last year, Lakina, Baltimore is one of the last things we mentioned that uh, that can use OBJ services. I know we mentioned Buffalo first, and we thought the Packers at the time, but now with Rodgers are presumably moving on to the Jets, they'll probably get they deal probably get done by draft night. But as you mentioned, OBJ was rumored to go over to the Jets, but. We all know this old phrase, when money talks, BS runs the marathon. So they, they played a part of it, too. I know it's a one-year, $18 million deal. $15 million of that is guaranteed. So that's a sweet deal for OBJ coming off a year of a torn ACL. I saw a clip. I don't know if you caught this this morning, Lakeen. I saw a clip with Demian Woody and, and um, Stephen A. Smith on that first take ripoff show. And Demian Woody simply put it, you know that, OBJ was talking to Lamar Jackson and people and back channels and within that organization. Why would you sign with Baltimore to play with Tyler Huntley or somebody else? That, that this just just wasn't making any sense. Even though know, OBJ, I believe, is 30, 31 years old now. He's trying to get some of that last money before he ages out. And so, but why would you sign with Baltimore knowing that Lamar Jackson may not be there? That it makes no sense. So I, I think that that, that relationship uh, can work out. It will it be Lamar Jackson's last year in Baltimore? That remains to be seen. But as Damien Woody put it, why would you go over there knowing that if you knew uh, all pain that exactly. Lamar Jackson is not going to be there? Let's let's right. get real, folks. Right? Yeah, I think they're on the same. They have the same representation, or well, not representation because we know Lamar doesn't have an agent, but he does kind of have that you know the little back channels. We know that you know he thinks uh, that OBJ takes a war of uh, Lamar Jackson. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like you said, you know, you don't, he does, he's not going to sign with the Ravens, you know, kind of shocking a lot of folks without knowing that Lamar isn't coming back. Even if it's just got to be like a one-year thing, you'll play the franchise tag, see if you can produce, see if you can stay healthy. And maybe now with OBJ now being there, you have a little bit more incentive to play. 
So, you know, I'm wondering that it'll be only be a matter of time before they figure all this out. Maybe they do a two-year deal and maybe the one, the one year is an option, or maybe they do a three-year deal and that's that third year's option with a lot of incentives and do this will be kind of like a prove it, you know, two years or one or two years or whatever. So I think for me, I think this is a great signing. You know, OBJ still has a, has a, oh, he has a Super Bowl rate to his credit, of course, with the Rams. This is sort of another way to try to get that extra, the other ring and so, another uh, ring. So, like you said, I think look, there's no way that he's gonna sign to play with again. No shade to Tyler Huntley. I know he's got a, a Pro Bowl to a Pro Bowl to his uh, resume. He can, we can write about that forever, but you know he's not coming to play. You know to play with him. He's coming to play with uh, with Jackson. I think that I think they will figure it out. And hopefully, mm-hmm. maybe Lamar, uh, like OBJ, can kind of be kind of like that big brother to Lamar and say, look, I know you want to want your money, but you need to do a couple a couple prove it things first. So. Do the mm-hmm. do the prove it deal for maybe like two or three years. See, you're still you're still young. He's only twenty five, so he's still yeah. kind of like right there in that in that range. So again, do the prove it thing. Go you know, do a two or three year deal. Then maybe after you get the bigger money afterwards. Yeah, like you said, Lamar is still young enough that he can do it. Long as long as he stays healthy for next season and beyond the next couple of years, he's still young enough to get that long term long term deal. Because you know as well as I do, Lakino, long you guys listening and watching us that. When you become the age of 30 in the NFL, you're a sen- senior citizen age. More more coaches than not will cut you uh, based on your age because of all the wear and tear and the mileage on your body playing that tough game. So Lamar Jackson, as long as he stays healthy and, and, and put team goals ahead of individual goals, uh, he'll be fine. But for Baltimore, they need to restructure their defense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know they're putting weapons around Lamar Jackson, rightfully so, but they need to restructure their defense. Yeah, hopefully that'll be the that'll be a priority for the draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Hopefully that'll be kind of like the thing where because there are a lot of defensive guys, so we'll see. Especially since they lost Calais Campbell and a couple other mm-hmm. guys too, so they're definitely going to be defense. Definitely going to be the priority there. So we'll see what happens. It's probably going to have to build through that. Um, let me see here. Anything? Any other uh, NFL Nuggets? I know we got we got a couple of weeks before the draft, so I know that Carolina's looking at Bryce Young, I mean, and know he passed one know. of their. Uh, thousand wonder look tests the other day yeah <laughs> uh so uh, i don't know if that's a foregone conclusion that carolina is going to pick him but he has the upper hand right now for the reports that i read over the weekend well yeah well yeah and the will and will leave us i know uh someone just came out but i think he uh he's talking to uh somebody i forgot hello uh oh he's talking to tennessee so uh i saw that uh, report early this morning so we'll see if because you know they're looking for kind of like the future so We'll see if he can kind of be that 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 guy. So uh, yeah, I know CJ Stroud. I know he visits. He also visited, um, yeah. you know, the Panthers as well a couple of weeks ago. So still a lot to kind of figure out. So no one really knows for sure what's going to happen. I guess we got a couple of weeks before beforehand. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, I'm at this point where I'm kind of like, let's just get to the draft already because yeah. all this stuff about oh well, and also the Bears. I guess uh, they may take Jalen Carter after all. That's what some I guess the new mock drafts. I said I know Bijan Robinson's names have been brought up too a lot mm-hmm. lately, especially with the Bears. Like, I don't know if Ryan Poles wants to pick uh, a running back, especially that high still with nine. Could you can get those in the later them? rounds. We It's right. proven that you can get good ones in, at the uh, in the later rounds, the third and fourth rounds. Right. So it's going to be to see, do they trade back to maybe get somebody, get some more picks in. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, it's going to be silly. Uh, I know the Cardinals, I saw the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals are in the top five too. So a lot of people say they may want their pick as well. So they might, you know, they got a new uh, brass over there with Arizona. So, be interested to see what they decide to do. So yeah, a, little, a lot of being a window still. It will be it'll, it'll be interesting to see what some of these teams try to do. But uh, yeah, you know, the Cardinals are at three, so you know you gotta 
you know, you know, a lot of you know teams are trying to trade the up for them, so they're in a kind of the same situation that the Bears were in. So we'll see what the Cardinals do. Speaking of the Bears being at the number nine position in the first round, if they do not go after Jalen Carter out of uh, Alabama, um, would you just take the best player available? Because the reason why I ask this because the Bears it looks like they're going to go defensive heavy in this draft, and rightfully so because their defense was terrible last year. They couldn't generate any quarterback sacks consistently. Mm-hmm. Last year, you still need an offensive tackle or two. Or I two. think Ryan Post is, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Ryan Post, uh, I think, is going to pick up a couple of those in the draft. But you need mm-hmm. some defensive ends, i.e., pass rushers. And don't forget, you need a, a couple of guys in your secondary, too. I know we talked about the, the development of Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson was back last year. I forgot who was the other uh, one that the the young secondary. Oh, Kyle Gordon. Thank you, Kyle Gordon. Kyle, mm-hmm. Kyle Gordon. You know, mm-hmm. All the uh, outside of Jackson, Gordon made, and Brisker made some strides last year. Only even though they were rookies. So, but you still need a couple of defensive backs. And Jalen Johnson, he's been injured the last couple of years, and even though he's good when he's healthy, you can't depend on him. So, you know, I think you'll probably pick up a defensive back or two in the later rounds. But they need to be focusing heavy on the offensive line. And picking up some pass rushers. Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of the thing with Orion Pauls. I know there were a couple of mock drafts that had um, them perhaps maybe taking Paris Johnson. Talk about the Bears, who is the uh, who protected uh, C.J. Stroud's uh, uh, blind side over mm-hmm. at uh, Ohio State. I know, I know he was all. Uh, I think I know he was all. I think he was all Big Ten. I think the last couple of years. So I know that Nooney O line help, but does he fit that scheme that Luke Getzky, you know, is playing? You know, wants to play so. That's going to be kind of like the mm-hmm. thing here. I know his name's been being Florida Rado, a couple other uh, O-line guys. Oh, there was a guy from West Virginia who plays O-line. I forgot his name. He was at the top of my head. He was all Big 12. I forgot. It might it might come to me, but uh, it, it's been interesting to see, like, you know, what, what those polls do because, for me, this sort of, like, is going to be the thing where, like, I'm not going to say this is going to be a make-or-big draft for uh, Mr. Polls, but you wonder, though, that I'm not expecting them to, uh, to go to the Super Bowl and nothing like that, but at the very least – kind of sort of be like competitive. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be kind of like the thing. You got to make some smart decisions. And so far they have not done that. And your foundation is still being set right now. So that's why I think this is a, it's not a make it break it draft, but, but this is a, the most important draft because it sets your foundation, which our team identity is going to be. Like I said about the defense, there was no identity last year. They got scored on just about on every, every possession. And, mm-hmm. and we knew it was it was a rebuilding year as Ryan Post got rid of the Matt Nagy guys that um, weren't useful to the team anymore. So your foundation is still being set right now. Now you got some of the parts via trades and free agency uh, during the offseason to help out Justin Fields. It's not the time. It's now the time to build that defense and get the, the some offensive line helping him. Your foundation starts on the offensive and defensive lines, and this Trev um, Ryan Post needs to address that. Oh, Dante Stills, that's what that's his name. He's a defensive lineman for West Virginia. His name. Yeah, yeah, he just came to me. But yeah, I've heard his name a couple of times. I know he's I think he was all a big 12 or second team, all big 12. I know uh there are some people that said maybe that Bears should probably go after him. You know, I know, oh, Doug Nestor is another uh one that uh who's who, who is the old lineman I was referring to. Uh you know, that you know, a lot of people thought that maybe he could probably help out the Bears too. I've seen some you know people say that. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they do here because could you know? I could see you know polls. Maybe perhaps maybe trading back again, and perhaps maybe getting another, um, you know, get some more picks and try to get like the players that he wants. Now, if they do decide to stay at nine, now it'll be interesting if Jalen Carter's still there at nine. 
with all this. I know all the legal stuff has happened to it and such, but I know mm-hmm. some people will take a chance on him. Will Anderson, Will Anderson. I know, I know, I know a couple of our uh, our buddies want. They really want him. He's not going to last nine. He's not going to last till nine, folks. That's not I, be sur- I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if Detroit took him. Right, Detroit. That's probably where you might go to. Because a lot of the mock drafts have him going to Detroit. So, and they really need him to kind of like you know compete on the opposite side with uh with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. So that's going to mm-hmm. be very interesting. You know, a little that no front seven there should that happen. But yeah. Like I said, we'll find in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm ready for the draft to be over and done with because all the mock drafts, all the you know, the meetings and stuff like that, all the the Wonder League tests or whatever they call it these days, it's just a little bit silly. But I'm kind of over. I just want to get let's get to the draft and see where these guys are going to be going. Yeah, we haven't seen too much of this yet. Like you know, we'll see it close to the draft as we talk about it every every year uh, leading up to the draft. It's lying season <laughs> around the NFL. Uh, we worked out this guy we don't like him. They ended up taking him. Oh, we don't like him. Uh, another team's move on. Oh, he's a piece of crap. Then you ended up taking him, passing up on him. And so, yeah. He's <laughs> a horrible, yeah, he's a horrible human being. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. he's like, he doesn't, he voted for, uh, no, I'm not going to say go political, but oh, he, he hates, he hates like, you know, pizza or whatever, you know, some silliness yeah. like that. So we've heard mm-hmm. it all over the years, especially. So, uh, you just see, but yeah, like I said, I'm ready for the draft to be over with, you know, to be on now, and let, let's get it, let's get it done. Yeah, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Before we get to old school TV Monday, a couple of other items to get to you guys. Uh, well, let's let's do that golf, Lakina. Uh, the Masters uh, wrapped up yesterday. Uh, it was dominated, unfortunately, by bad weather. Mm-hmm. But John Rom comes out on top with a minus 12 score to capture the 2023 title. Brooks Kepka made a run at the last second. Phil Mickelson, who many people didn't expect anything from, including yours truly, uh, he made a run. He finished third at, with a minus eight. Uh, Russell Henley and Patrick Reed tied for fourth at a minus seven. Tiger Woods, he did make the cut on Saturday, Lakina, but as we talked about before we started, uh, broad- started this broadcast today, if you paid attention to his rounds on Saturday, uh, last year was terrible. He could barely walk. This year, it looked like he was starting to improve a little bit. But once before the heavy rain started to pick up, they had to postpone the second round. Uh, he he couldn't walk, Lakina. And of course, on Sunday morning yesterday, uh, before they resumed play, he announced to uh, the media and everybody else via social media that uh, he would withdraw himself from the competition, and uh, yeah, he'll get ready for the next event coming up next month, Lakina. As I said before, without Tiger, not to me, people are going to watch. And the ratings did prove that they were uh, they were down from last year, but it's been it's the second best Masters rating Ryan since Tiger won it back in 2019. Yeah, he'll take that if you're CBS. Uh, go, well, I'll start with Tiger first, get that out of the way. But yeah, I saw mm-hmm. him, you know, those couple, uh, I was, I, I watched it on my phone. They had the Masters app on my phone. And, um, you know, I, I saw, you know, how he was, he was, I saw it on Thursday. He was like Wednesday in pain. He did not look good at all. And the rain kind of just made it worse. You know, they had to stop for a little bit. Then they, they mm-hmm. started, you know, going back and they had to I saw it on Saturday. Yeah, yeah I got the same feels like, yeah. Yeah, about halfway, a little over halfway, just about halfway through, uh, you know, they stopped play. It was kind of the mar- – they, they called the Marathon Masters on, you know, for, from yesterday, and I think that's kind of what happened because they had to play, mm-hmm. like, 30 holes and such, but I'll get to that. But, yeah, I mean, he didn't look really good. I know he said he was very disappointed because he loves playing there. They you know, The patrons love him there. So, you know, it, hopefully, I'm, I'm sure, you know, hopefully he'll be in shape for the PGA Championship coming up at Oak – it was at Oak Hill this year, uh, next month, so – We'll see if he'll be able to play there. Maybe he'll be a little bit recovered enough so he'll be able to play a full four 
rounds now going into uh the the, the masters itself i mean look john ron was down by two to brooks kept actually the, the turning point was that near that last hole the, the third round if you remember he had a, a birdie putt kepka had a, a par putt he you know kepka missed his par putt and but, but, but uh ron made his birdie so he was that was a two-shot swing there and that's how you know he ended up only up being trailing by two as we got to it and you know, he actually, I want to pay off his tease real quick. Uh, the opening uh, uh, hole, uh, Zach Ertz, of course, a tight end, of course, who both champion with the Eagles, now plays for the Cardinals. He actually, he and, uh, he and his wife, of course, you know, the, the wonderful Julie Ertz, who's a great soccer player, and mm -hmm. also to uh, Jobs and his wife, Kelly. They're all both good friends. They're actually neighbors, actually, in Arizona. Um, he actually texted, Ertz actually texted wrong right before he, he teed off and said, oh, yeah, that first that first hole looks really easy. He went on to go to double <laughs> bogey that hole. <laughs> but, you know, good news is he was able to settle down. He made some uh, big shots. That shot, at, he had a couple of shots. He had that birdie shot at 12 that kind of, you know, changed, sort of, like, changed it around and such. Once he got the lead, he didn't, go, he didn't look back. He, that, that shot at 14, the birdie kind of slammed the door there. So uh, just a great showing by Aram, uh, his second major. He already has a PGA championship to his credit. Um, Phil Mickelson made things interesting too. He has 65, which actually, believe it or not, that's his actually his best round at the Masters. He actually has, you remember, he has three of these uh, these titles. So the fact that he was able to, you know, get it, make it interesting for a little bit, I think, you know, that that was actually pretty cool. Now I did, I know some people would say, why they, why do you call, why do you go to Amanda Renner at CVS? Apparently, I guess she did ask him to talk to her, but he politely declined. So he ended up doing a Sky Sky uh, Sports News instead. So that's what happened there, of course, the live you know, guys and whatnot. Of course, three of the top five guys were all uh, live guys. Of course, you know, Mythicals is one, Kepka's one, uh, Patrick, of course, you know, tied for fifth. Uh, the other one, two, George Speed. Um, they're not, but uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, our girl Christine's uh, guy, uh, Victor Hoffman, of course, had a didn't have a good show in the last. I was gonna ask you about him because we were talking about him on Friday. Yeah. He, was, you know, he was in the first group top five in the leaderboard, he mm -hmm. just uh, petered out. <laughs> Yeah, didn't have a good showing in that second round. Of course, he did make a little bit of a run, but you know, he didn't really have a good showing there. He ended up uh, shooting at seventy four. But you know, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Heath Tigate, uh, who is from uh, California, who's from San Francisco, All American, active, both active and golf All American over at Pepperdine. Had a great, uh, you know, shot a great shot at sixteen. Who uh, Vern Lundquist got a chance to call. So I'm glad he's still doing the majors major golf uh you know still so uh that was a really great moment for him he's actually gonna be back at you know top 12 and tie so he finished in the top 10 so he got a nice got a nice little uh check there and also he's gonna be going to the masters again next year so a nice mm -hmm. show for the gate of course you know, his parents immigrated from uh india now going back to ron for a second he's now the number one uh player in the world he is scheffler scheffler actually had a finished draw too didn't have a good third round but actually came back had a solid uh Solid uh, final round and didn't have a good second round, I should say, but had a solid weekend. Of course, you know, finishing the top 10. But that was a really cool uh, uh, moment there with him. Uh, talking about John Rom, he actually clinched the Masters. Uh, this is actually the third time that he comes a fourth spare to win the Masters, joining Seve Bias, Darrell, Jose Mario Othab, of course, Sergio. He also, mm -hmm. uh, you know, also uh, clinched it on uh, the 40th anniversary of when Seve won his last Masters, which is in 83. If you guys remember, he actually held off Ben Crenshaw to win that. I remember I actually saw a clip of that on YouTube. That was like the things I did during the pandemic. <laughs> Watch the old Masters uh, clips on YouTube. That was what they I did a few years ago. But that was a great uh, Masters. Also, this actually would have been a uh, Seve 64, 65th, uh, no, 67th birthday. Because remember, he, was, he wasn't even 60 when he passed away all, all those years ago. So, But, you know, I know Rom said that was his idol. I know Jose Embriol thought it was another one of his idols. You know, he had, they had a nice embrace after he came off 18, after he clinched it. That was a really sweet moment there for him. And uh, 
you know, it was really cool to see you know, him and his wife, Kelly. I talk about Aram, his wife, Kelly, who was a stand-up athlete in her own right. She was a, a big-time, uh, uh, I think, javelin thrower. And I think she also did the high jump. Too. I, think he's a, I think she won a Pac-12 title in the javelin throw. So when they, when, you know, she, she didn't know, the, I think neither one knew at the time how big, you know, John Ron was going to be. So, you know, the fact that he made his run, you know, after actually able to bounce back from that first opening hole uh, mishap at the, with the, 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 the double bogey, mm-hmm. he was able to kind of bounce back and win. And now he's one of the best golfers in the world. And just to get, yeah, tip his, yeah, tip, tip your cap off to him. Yeah. Congratulations to him. Before we move on to hockey, I wanted to ask you because I did watch, as I said, I did watch some of this. Um, majority of it was uh, Saturday morning before the big, the big rainstorm came. Uh-huh. I've got Andrew Catalan was interviewing this golfer yep. at Fort. He was working at uh, at a the 14th hole. I forgot who that golfer was, but mm-hmm. do you like golfers being interviewed while while yeah. they're playing? Yeah, because I didn't mind. It. I'll be honest with you, I didn't mind it at all. I know some of you traditionals may lose right. your minds, but yeah. I, I didn't mind it at all. They've been doing it the last few years, actually. I know that I know Colin Marikawa, I think he did it for like the first couple of rounds. Um, he, had, he actually had a fish, I think, like tied for like 15th, I think, 14th or what, like 16th, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a great element. You know, you get look, you want to get the younger golfers, younger, younger folks tuned into golf. So this is like a nice mm-hmm. way to kind of, you know, get, you know, get the kind of mindset of the guys that come in. I know that some traditionalists, I know I saw Johnny Miller was, and who was a, a two time US Open champ. I know he's not a big fan of it, but. You know, it also has a British Open champion too, to his credit. But it is what it is. I mean, look, you want to get those guys' mindset. And some people just said they could do like they do it at the in Phoenix for uh, the uh, the Phoenix Open, where you got crowds, you're know, going you know, wild and such. So some people said maybe they should bring that type of element to all the courses. So look, I don't mind the in, in course uh, the in course interview. I think it's, it, if anything else, it kind of like adds a little bit of freshness to it. You kind of know what their mindset is going in, and look, and as long as the golfers are okay with it, I think it's fine. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all as a viewer, a casual viewer of golf. So, like I said, it's a new element that you can try out and bring younger viewers to uh, watch your sports. So that's something that golf needs to do right now. Hold on, I know Please. baseball's been trying to do that the last couple yep. of years. Hopefully, they could do that. You won't see it too much in basketball. I know that players might double. You'll see that a little bit come playoff time. But basically, golf and baseball need to uh, do some more things to up their mm-hmm. viewership with uh, younger viewers. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. See you, Lakita, here with you. Uh, the a couple of minutes that we have left, Nikki, I know you want like to give a salute as we do that hockey uh, mm-hmm. to the 2022-23 Boston Bruins as the same Cup playoffs will start next week. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they break the record for uh, the most points uh, scored in the regular season, and you know, 62nd game of the season, tying the record for like the five straight uh, Bruins home games that ended it, ended it at of course they had that win against the Devils. I actually saw that game on it was on ABC. Not a lot. Of- that game, unfortunately, so I actually was sort of having to ponder to watch it. But you know, I'm hoping that they can win the win the Stanley Cup. I mean, it'd be a shame to, uh, to break all these records, the, these point records, and win the President's uh, <laughs> President's Trophy and not even you know win. Because I know some people will say on the East is, is the Brewers and everyone else, but I think look, like I said, I talked about Carolina. I've talked about the Devils. Mm-hmm. Devils uh, played very close to them at, at one point. I, look, I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're gonna do it, but I think look, you know. Could the Maple Leafs have something to say about it? Could the Lightning look? They're not. They're not. They haven't gone anywhere. Also, two of uh, the Rangers. You know, they might have something to say about it as well. Some of the other uh, playoff spots have not been uh, official. You know, because they're still battling it out. But I think mm-hmm. the Bruins could, could look. We see where things happen in the NHL uh, playoffs. Yes. So What do you think? Yeah. 
Yeah, as, as we said all year long, uh, because you have a great regular season doesn't guarantee you a Stanley Cup. And we saw that now, I think, th th yeah, this year it would be 10 years ago. Uh, the Remember the Blackhawks in yep. that shortened season had mm -hmm. uh, the greatest start uh, to, uh, the great start to mm -hmm. the uh, to the season there. I think it was 21-24 game on without a loss streak, but they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Remember, they almost got eliminated right. in that second round against the Detroit Dead Wings. Mm -hmm. But you know, weird things can happen in the playoffs. I think those players know that. Hopefully their fans know that. Uh, other people started noticing too. And you mentioned the Eastern Conference is stacked. It looks like Washington is not going to be involved in it this year. I, I think know. Pittsburgh may Over. be one of the last teams to get in along with the New York Islanders, but that Eastern Conference is stacked. So uh, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be a very interesting playoffs this year, especially in the East, in both sides, but more well, particularly in the East. Yeah. Well, the East too, yeah, especially because I think it's like, it's, I think it's like, I know people want to say it's, it's Boston's to lose, but I feel like it's kind of like this little log jam here with all the mm -hmm. teams we've mentioned. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. Like, it's going to be about the draws, especially. You get that hot goalie too. We see in the playoffs all the time, the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. You know, on the west side, of course, I think it's gonna be between. I think, I think at this point, it's like it's one spot left. I think it's between the Jets, the, Pe the Predators, and the Flames. So you know, we just see who gets that. But those last, we, it we should be the Flames. But I would be surprised if the Jets get it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, yeah. We we'll be. And the Flames had a bad loss to the Blackhawks last yes, week. Yes, they so. did. Yes, they did. So uh, yeah, that might not help them. But also, give a shout out to Connor McDavid. Keep the hundred and fifty point mark, and you know, a couple of days ago in San Jose, he's the youngest player at twenty six and 85 at the time to record the many points. And a single season, Murray Lemieux did it back, you know, back in 89, 88, 89, also to also the same thing too, also 88, 89 too. So yeah, he's probably going to get the, uh, he's probably going to get the, the MVP, I think. He, I'd be shocked, shocked, I say, if, you know, Conor yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so yeah, so we just see what happens with that. Yeah, same here. And like I said, for Edmonton, hopefully they'll show a stronger, uh, version of themselves once the playoffs start because yeah, I, I think so, the West is wide open. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I think, yeah, I think it's really going to be like, yeah, I don't want to say the Avs, you know, can't do it over the nights, but yeah, it, it's basically open season in the West. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Now, uh, real quick with the sports uh, media news, uh, anything, you know, of note that we need to talk about before we go to old school TV Monday? Uh, not really. Where was that much important? We'll cover it on Friday. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll try to get that in. All right, so uh, said what's old school TV Monday today? Uh, when cable TV was cable TV back in its infancy, the Nickelodeon channel was often popping, as the kids yes. say. And I'm talking about the flagship show that saved the no network Double Dare. Yes. Double Dare was an American game show which two teams compete to win cash and prizes by answering trivia questions and completing messy stunts known as physical challenges. It originally ran from 1986 to 1993 with a revival in 2000 and the most recent uh, run from 2018 to 2019. It was hosted by Mark Summers. The program originally premiered on Nickelodeon on October 6, 1986, and that's his first game show. A continuation for syndication premiered on February 22, 1988, later revamped as Super Sloppy Double Dare on January 22, 1989. The program had a short run on Fox as Family Double Dare Aaron from April 3rd to July 23rd of 1988. Nickelodeon continued to franchise with Family Double Dare on October 6, 1990. The original series ended in February of 1993. The series was revived, uh, hosted by Jason Harris, which uh, entitled Double Dare terrible. 2000, which Oof. aired from January to November of that year. The second revival of the series was hosted by Lisa Kashi, featuring Mark Summers, aired from June 25th of 2018 to December 20th of 2019. 
Double Dare saw many adjustments in his schedule and tightening throughout his run. Almost immediately as uh, after his debut, Double Dare had more than triple viewership from Nickelodeon's afternoon lineup, becoming the most watched originally daily program on cable television. Yeah, it was getting big ratings too. I think it was. I think I think it was getting like just up there with some of the other uh, shows that were aired on the network. And that was one mm-hmm. of the first shows I watched when we got cable. So I actually saw a Double Dare on my TV screen. I'm like, oh crap, I can't watch it because we don't have cable. Once we got to, uh, once we got cable, that was one of the first. I, that was like the first when I got back from school. I was the first thing I did was to watch Double Dare. And uh, oh yeah, it was just as sloppy as I thought it was. And look, you had you know two teams of of two, you know two teams. You know sometimes they had Celebrity Double Dare. Sometimes mm-hmm. they would have the family double dare and, and such. You know, they have siblings. They did an NBA special edition, they too. Did. You can catch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that. And, uh, yeah, they just saw it on YouTube recently. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was fun. It was messy. And, but, look, it was just good, you know, good entertainment, I think. You know, people getting – who didn't want to get slimed and had slushy stuff, you know, dumped on him and, you know, yep. all that other gross stuff. And Mark Summers, it still is, you know, still, you know, looks great. You know, that he was actually one of my first crushes. I'm not afraid to admit that. So, <laughs> <laughs> He's a very handsome man, you know. Even you got to admit that's it. But uh, yeah, I think his charisma, I think, helped too with the with the with the stuff as well. I think having him there, I think, kind of like led it. That's why that that two thousand one. I don't even really we won't talk about that because that was just a terrible uh revamp. But uh, yeah, they do, the, the the newer one they tried, but it just wasn't the same. I know they they did get Mark Summers involved, which was smart, but it didn't mm-hmm. really, it really, it really, it just it didn't feel kind of. It just wasn't really the same. Yeah, that's that's uh, you, you took the words right out of my mouth again, Lakina. When they <laughs> revamped it, I was and they had that new host. I like, nothing against the new guy, but Mark Summers was in, he was, he was uh, energetic, man. uh, he was engaging, he was fun. Yep. The kids liked them, the audience liked them, everybody liked them. So, uh, the original double dare, be honest, Lakina, I knew uh-huh. about the competition, all that. I was just waiting to see who got slimed. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part about it, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> I was waiting for that. That was it. Yeah, we just want to see who got slime. That was probably like the best part about it. And I believe the first season, I, I think it's on Paramount Plus. So if I, I think they have, the, I don't know if they have the whole one, but they, I know they have that first like couple of seasons on Paramount Plus. So if you guys have mm-hmm. Paramount Plus, you guys could check that out. And, you know, subscribe to it and uh, check out some of the games. And, you know, bring back some memories. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I look, I, I think you know the, the cream pies and such. So yeah, just a you know. Mm-hmm. It was like it was great family entertainment. I know that they've had like different versions of it. Of course, he had like other like double dare esque type shows that didn't really do too well. He couldn't beat the original double dare. So I think that was that's that's to the test of time to this day still. Yeah. And speaking of that, Double Dare remains Nickelodeon's run longest running game show in 2001. TV guy ranked the show number 29 on this list of 50 greatest game shows of all time. The program has been nominated for two daytime Emmy Awards, two Kids Choice Awards, and Won a cable ace award in 1989. Yeah, so I think that, that definitely shows that no matter what, you know, I think even if it's, if you're having a bad day in school or whatever, and you know, even with some of the political stuff that started happening, kind of like dominating the airways, Double Dare was kind of like good, you know, I don't want to say mindless because it, it did, it did uh, ask trivia questions, but you know, mm-hmm. it was sort of like kind of like escapist TV, as they say, like, kind of like escape yes. from all the, the reality and just, just to kind of have this good, you know, Good, you know, entertainment just kind of like just take your worries out and just take the cares away. Yeah, exactly. So our old school TV Monday salute to the longest running cable game show of all time, Double Dare. Where's the slime you when you need it? I know. Hard <laughs> slime. Well, anyway, maybe it's a good thing because you got you got to go to work in a little bit. But yeah, y'all yeah. Follow, like, <laughs> follow me, McGee on the Twitter, and I can't go again the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. 
Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Excuse me. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. War Media Podcast on all media all social, oh, good grief, I can't talk today. On all podcast platforms, including that <laughs> iHeartRadio. Nah, I deserve that sign. We had some. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes, because I think I think you got slime there in the, in the background. <laughs> but, uh, on that note, you can follow, you know, you can of course, yeah, follow the media, follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Of course, you know, your uh, War Media podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and such. Of course, you can catch our show and all our shows on Roku TV. Of course, you'll celebrate with the squad. Uh, you can catch our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas. Uh, what's up, cuz? I don't know what I think. I'm sure they're going to be on tonight. I'm sure, yeah. but uh, it's just, I'm sure they'll they'll recap you know, all the stuff in the NBA. I'm sure they'll be talking about the the Go Bear uh, Anderson uh, scuffle. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about. That also, too, we're going to have a couple of big surprises here we want to give you guys for uh, a little bit before we go. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a live, little live remote, you know, for the instant time for the draft. Um, I forgot where we're going to be at, but, uh, you know, just to you know, the you know, channel real quick. But yeah, it's going to be on Thursday night, that Thursday of the draft on the, excuse me, on the 20, yeah, on the 27th on the, on the NFL draft, uh, where we had our uh, live remote, so you can catch us up. You can increase some ice cold Miller Light. Also, we're going to, uh, of course, we're going to have you know, some fun watching the draft and such. Who goes number one and who the, will the Bears pick at nine? And also, mm-hmm. too, for us, we're actually going to be doing a special a- a NBA playoff uh, edition of our, our roundtable. Of course, we're talking about the NBA playoffs. Whether or not the Bulls make it, well, we're gonna do it regardless. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So who are gonna be a part? Who's gonna be a part of that? We'll just have to tune in to find out on Friday at one. But still, do it yeah. at, at twelve too. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll be celebrating the Bulls' playoff berth, or we'll be uh, giving them their pink slips and link cards and dirt on their coffin. You'll have to come back Friday and find out. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so enjoy all this, all the uh, sports. You still got baseball. I know uh, with the basketball being you know, or you still got hockey deficiency. I know there's still a couple of playoff spots to be uh, had, mm-hmm. and uh, of course you know, you know baseball and such. You know, getting to that going too. So, still lots of sports to watch. So, you know, no worries there. So, first in, I'm Lakia. This is Second City Sports on Sports in Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Sox! Holla! <laughs> <laughs>